CFYLP is sponsored by CapturedPrey.com. Visit CapturedPrey.com today for all your import and third-party Transformers needs and save even more through the Captured Prey Loyalty Program. You can also save on shipping on domestic orders of $150 or more. See website for details. CapturedPrey.com. Great toys, great prices, great service. Mega Toy Fan. Maximize your collection with MegatoyFan.com for all your vintage toy needs. You can also find Mega Toy Fan at popular robot and toy conventions year-round. Minimize your costs and maximize your collection with MegatoyFan.com. for your listening pleasure, TFYLP for short. Join us and discuss the latest in Transformers fandom. Now, where did I put that chorus star? Ratchet, did you take this chorus star? Transformers! Hello, everyone, and welcome to Transformers for Your Listening Pleasure, episode number 163, recorded Friday, August 7th, 2015. Uh, I am Deron Land, aka Weird Wolf. Along with me this evening is Headmaster Dawn. Jim Black. Rubbing myself to reveal my allegiance. Da, 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 da. <laughs> I was wondering why that was there. <laughs> I'm like, why does he have a black Decepticon insignia on his chest? Right? Yes. And also joining us is Rick Alvarez. Yes, yes, I am this handsome. Thank you. Yes, yes. So uh, and so I actually didn't even shave this uh, for the episode. Wow, that's, that's I never do that. Hand. Yes, um, some of you may be uh, tuning in uh, and exp- uh, and you may not have noticed, uh, but we did advertise that Paul Lighting, uh, the voice of G1 Perceptor, would be joining us this evening. Uh, there are some. Um, uh, unforeseen things that came up. Uh, he is doing a rendition of Mid- Midsummer Night's Dream tonight. Uh, he had to stand in for someone and could not make it uh, tonight. But uh, we have rescheduled with him for September 4th uh, at 9 p.m. on the on this show on our YouTube channel, uh, and also will be available for download later via iTunes and Stitcher and other outlets, uh, be, be sure to look for that. Um, but we do apologize. He's not going to be with us uh, tonight, but tune back in September 4th uh, for that episode with Paul Lighting. But that doesn't mean we want you to tune off tonight because we got some great stuff we're going to be talking about tonight. Uh, we're going to be talking about the gimmicks that have appeared in the Transformers franchise. Uh, throughout the years. Uh, tonight's episode is entitled From Rub Signs to Scan Codes, uh, the gimmicks of Transformers. Um, Transformers has been uh, rife with gimmicks throughout, uh, and right now one of the main lines uh, is um, is centered, actually, around a gimmick, 
Uh, and this is uh, the Jazz figure, and you might notice a little scan code right there uh, if you're watching the show. Uh, he has a scan code on him that you can scan with your uh, with your cell phone. You scan it and uh, makes him a playable character in a video game. It's a neat little uh, little feature. Uh, and it all started with the actual gimmick of transforming. You know, uh, we got a blue-eared Cyclonus here. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit about that. Also, want to do a little segment here. Going to kick things off. Uh, those of you have, who follow us on our Twitter account, at TFYLP, uh, we monitor, monitor that during the show. And if you tweet us anything that is relevant to the show, what we're talking about, uh, we may mention you on air and mention your comment on air. Uh, and we'll, we may talk about it. Uh, but one of the things I've been wanting to do is, uh, and I have been doing for the last week or so, uh, is once a day, at least once a day, sometimes a couple times a day, but usually once a day, uh, I'll pose a question and uh, just see what listeners have uh, in response. And uh, I want to highlight some of those, and we'll talk a little bit about them here uh, before we move on and just get our, our knee-jerk reactions uh, to them. Uh, let me scroll down here. Um, uh, tonight, I want to ask the question, um, our topic will be gimmicks of Transformers throughout the years. Which gimmicks do you love? Which gimmicks do you hate? Uh, let us know. We'd love to find out from you, and uh, uh, if uh, if it's relevant to the show, we'll mention it on air. Do you, uh, do you want to just clarify what exactly constitutes a gimmick? Well, okay, the uh, transforming itself is a gimmick, but we want to specifically talk about things like uh, headmasters. You know, the act of uh, actual gimmick of taking the head off and it becoming like a little guy that rides or trains uh, or drives a vehicle. Uh, that's a gimmick. Uh, for example, I've got Beast Wars Neo Stampy here. His gimmick, uh, yeah, he turns into a gun or, or a, a pair of scissors, but they've also got like the uh, the spark crystal there. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's a gimmick. He's kind of got like two different kind of gimmicks. Um, you know, the, uh, the scan codes, like I mentioned on the uh, RID uh, 2015 figures, uh, those are those are examples of gimmicks, light piping, uh, uh, firing missiles, uh, things of the uh, things of that nature. So if you have anything that you absolutely love, we'd love to hear about it. Uh, if there are things that you absolutely hate, why did they do that? Why do they continue to do that? Let's hear about it. You know, this is this is your forum. Uh, as a fan, and we want to we want to talk about it. That's what we're here for. Um, earlier this week, I posed a question, and this is a little bit off topic of what we're talking about. But um, let's see here. Let me find the original question. Uh, let's see. I had this. I had it pulled up here, and then the screen jumped on me. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, how would you feel if an upcoming Transformers line from Hasbro uh, were an updated version of Japanese characters like Star Saber or Death Source? Um, let's say, for example, uh, and, and, and a lot of people, I had to clarify this a little bit later on because um, I'm not sure people was like, well, it's, it's, you know, it wouldn't work here in the U.S. because they're 
they're Japanese characters, wouldn't people wouldn't relate to it. That's not what I mean at all. Let's say uh, instead of uh, the RID 2015 show, we got a show that had Star Saber, Death Saurus, uh, Kaiser, you know, all those characters uh, in it. And they look like they're G1 cells, but it was a more westernized um, cartoon or TV show. You know, it might be CGI, what have you. Yeah, well, that's um, a huge question. Yeah, it is a huge question. You're, is, you're really asking at that point, can the brand survive without its core characters? Without, well, without its tier A characters. But does it even have to be the main line? For example, right now we have Combiner Wars and RID 2.0 or 2015, however, whatever you want to refer to it, it could be the B line. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to have the core characters. This particular show doesn't have, and, and what made me thought to think about it is kind of uh, combining what the fans have been asking for. You know, we want, uh, I've, We've asked for years for characters like Star Saber, like Death Source, to be introduced, reissued, what have you, uh, here in the United States, so that we can get them here, um, in, in this side, on this side of the pond, as opposed to you know the Japanese characters staying over there in Japan, and we never get in the love. So um, those characters. So you're only talking about animation. Well, not, not necessarily animation. I mean, it could be comic characters. Now, I know Star Saber has talking appeared. about comic books because I know I know Star Saber has appeared in the comics, mm -hmm. but um, as a central character, for example, the 2015 RID line, Optimus Prime is not. I mean, he has appeared. He's in a few episodes, mm -hmm. but he is not the central character. He's not the leader of the Autobots per se. Bumblebee. No, but he's one of the central price points. He, he is of the toy line. He is, and that, there's no there's no uh, uh, let's say Star Convoy. Bring Star Convoy over a rendition of him. Update him. You know, give us like a Generation Star Convoy or something. Have him like the star uh, the the main price point, but have other characters that surround that that line you know i mean you basically have a show that is westernized mm -hmm. and you have japanese characters that way you have new characters for the kiddos the kiddos don't know who these characters are you know i i i don't know who uh gregor is i didn't know who strong arm is but she's a new character it'd be the same to the kids with uh, star saber or death source for example um but on the other hand, you would also be drawing in the collector market because, ooh, that's a new version of Star Saber. That's a new version of this source. It's a homage to Energon Wingsaber. Exactly. You yes. know, I mean, just uh, something like that. Well, I posed that question on Twitter, and um, uh, Crimson Rapper, uh, Raptor tweeted, I'd view an uh, upcoming Transformers toy line by Hasbro with Japan-only characters uh, as unviable in the U.S. market. Um, and then uh, that was before I clarified, well, what if you, you know, made it as if you, if you westernized it and, uh, let's see here. So it's really no different than taking a show, let's say Transformers animated and mm -hmm. adding a character like Bulkhead. Mm -hmm. Nobody knew who Bulkhead was. Exactly. But he had such personality and was so w well written that 
he's a staple now of Transformers, and he's now transcended into another show, past animated. Mm-hmm. So what's to say you can't take characters like Star Saber, uh, Deathsaurus, or um, the train bots and and do the same thing? Yeah. I mean, how do, how do you guys feel about that? Honestly, well, I, I think it could work rather well. Um, now, something else we have to take into account is while it may cater to uh, to older fans who who remember these heritage characters from you know years back, uh, we are constantly and, and and never ceasingly getting new fans each and every year because kids are still being born, people are still growing up. So you know what. You know what? What we considered new, you know, 12 years ago, uh, and an old hat now, that's new to someone else now. You know, so someone hasn't seen that before. So if we were to bring back, say, I don't know, uh, well, like, like recently, uh, we we saw in generations, we saw uh, Waspinator, Rat Trap, uh, Tank War here. You know, uh, the average six and seven year old, they have no idea who those characters are. And if they were to utilize those characters in a mythos in in, in the, the 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 comics and the cartoon, I don't see how it would be a bad thing. I, I think it could work because mm-hmm. it's and, it's a, a new thing for them. They haven't seen these characters, and it would be a chance to reintroduce them to a, a new younger audience. Well, Ultram uh, or at TFPFOZ, uh, I'm I'm not sure, sure how you pronounce that. Uh, he tweeted, um, "What if the uh, what if they were R.I.D. season two characters? The target demographic demographic wouldn't care who they were before. Mm-hmm. I mean, that just lends exactly to what you were saying." Yeah. Uh, go, go ahead, Don. Well, I was gonna say uh, what uh, Jim just said basically is the synopsis for Brave. Every year is someone's first year of a giant robot series. Mm-hmm. That's why you had nine years worth of Brave, but no. Other than an umbrella theme, the brave of X, Y, or Z, but you did not have the shows interconnecting. You had no crossovers. Uh, every, every year was a song standalone year. So you've you've hit upon the very thing they used brave in Japan after Transformers, because mm-hmm. every year. So if they if you look at it that way, a series with Japanese characters, I think you would need in the first episode though to sort of cement it in the American universe, um, just as far as so people have a place of reference that it does take place in this universe they're aware of. Like, for example, it opens up with, let's say, Star Saber talking to Optimus Prime, and they're on a very distant planet, a distant galaxy. So pretty much they're, they're, in, they're in their own world, but they're part of the larger universe. That way, you sort of have that that cementing. Okay, this is that's why we don't know these people. They're so far away, or they're taking place in a galaxy, a nebula, a, whatever the case may On be. On nebulos, yeah, <laughs> right. But, but they are part of Optimus Prime's Autobots or Megatron's Decepticons. It's it's the same war. You might face. You might have a cameo with Optimus Prime I, talking to him on the on a on exactly. A or just to just to just to say that you know it. You know that Star Saber is not just some guy out of the air out, out of thin air. He may be, but he knows Optimus, and Optimus mm-hmm. put him in charge of oh. this whatever. Wasn't right. that Beast Wars? Wasn't that those characters are straight out of the air? 
Exactly. And that would revitalize the whole yeah. Transformers yeah. brand. I, I was I was thinking uh, Master Force is what came to mind for me. Yeah, but well, but I'm just saying with I'm just saying with today's kids, even if this is their first new show, it may be an easier time to get around these new people than they've, they've never heard of. If 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 it's explained in show why we've never heard of them. Yeah. Well, uh, it place. all comes down to marketing and yeah. character recognition. So you can have, just like the current TV show on right now, these are all new guys to kids, but Bumblebee is your staple. They know Bumblebee yeah. from all the shows. They know Bumblebee from the movies. So if you were to have a show, it doesn't matter where the characters come from. They can come from the UK, from Japan, from G1, any era of Transformers. As long as there's that one relatable character, that top-tier A character that transcends all the different forms of media, it, that gives you your entryway into all these other characters because people already know who Bumblebee is, or at least they think they know who Bumblebee is from, from the films and from previous TV shows. So uh, I just I don't, I don't think it matters where the characters come from or if they're all new characters. As long as you have your, your staple tier A character mm-hmm. that is instantly recognizable by fans, consumers, adults. Yeah. Well, uh, TFPO, uh, PFOZ uh, on Twitter, he, uh, he continues, I have no fictional or toyetic experience with those characters, so to me they're just new, and I like new things. Usual proviso cost. You know, I mean, obviously if they're too expensive, he's not going to buy them. But, you know, if he likes new things, he'll get them. Uh, cyber at Cyberwolf uh, says, uh, "Sign me up. Any chance to get original characters and mo- with modern engineering, I'm all for." Uh, so, I mean, it, Transformers is such a rich, deep history brand. After so many years of being on the store shelves since 1984, and even before with Diaclone and Microman, Microchange. Um, you know, those, a lot of those, uh, these designs have been around for decades and I, I don't really see any reason. Uh, I mean, yes, I love new characters. I mean, the strong arm slash, uh, uh, Gregor, uh, mold design is a great design. I'm not going to knock it off, uh, you know, and say that, that, you know, they should never create anything new. Let's just create old stuff. I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm saying is that, you know, there is such a rich history here. There's no reason that you can't uh, give a nod to the to the fans of the uh, of the line for uh, throughout the years and just say, OK, yeah, we got a whole uh, cast of uh, characters here uh, like in. And I keep using the R.I.D. 2.0, uh, the 2015 show as as an example, because it's what's new right now. And it's a good example of almost an entirely new cast. I mean, Bumblebee is a cent- uh, Bumblebee and Grimlock are about the only identifiable names in it so far. Uh, I think somebody said that uh, Cy- or that um, Skybike showed up. Um, uh, so- no, no, I don't no, think right. Skybike showed up. Okay, no, uh, Jim, awesome, uh, Jim, for your reference, this is Gregor War. Uh, it is the Japanese version of of uh, Grigeber. I guess from our uh, first already, uh, yeah. Uh, okay. And they, they took strong arm and painted painted her up as a Decepticon. I was not aware of this. Yeah. Mm. Is it, is it you know, Greg Greg uh, of War? I'm like, Greg, Greg of War. 
who's Greg and why is he at war? Yeah, it's and, in, it's in Saint Galvatron, and he's at war with all of you. Yeah, oh, okay. and, and, so, and hope and hopefully that mold is the future Smallfoot repaint in a in a, in a Gobot series, but that's neither here nor there. You know, he, <laughs> she's not that bad. This care, this toy is not that bad. It's not the greatest, but it's not that bad. Oh no, I, I like I like I like Strong Arm. It, it's uh, it's it's got the hands in a box syndrome that I don't care for. Yeah, oh, yeah. But that's uh, you know yeah, that's least, being nit, don't be nitpicky. Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> I'm just saying that's no, just no no picking of nits. No. Hey, let me give you an example. Another example. Just sitting here listening to this. Transformers Prime. We had a character called Skyquake. Yes. Who, who was Skyquake from the UK? That character had never been in animated fiction before. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we were talking about, uh, since I happened to be a part of that that show, you know, who could we make that uh, that's all new that we can totally uh, reinvent whichever way we want to reinvent them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought, all right, well, you know what? You know a character who, who we could play with uh, is Skyquake, uh, but he's going to be these colors. And um, that was a way of just introducing – it's just the name, mm-hmm. but it introduces that character and eventually that toy in, into uh, the modern uh, mainframe of, uh, of fiction. Mm-hmm. And if you remember, uh, whenever – Skyquake first came on the show, and um, the and the toy came out. There was actually quite a bit of buzz from my from my recollection. I I was excited. I was like, hey, you know, we're getting a you know a, a namesake of of a character. I mean, right. and and he was a jet. You know that it met the two requirements for me. You know, I mean, you know, and all, and he was uh, the right colors. And he and he was the right colors. I mean, it, it met. It met it it met the criteria for me of what what I'm talking about right here. I mean, uh, it, let's say for example, uh, you know the 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 Decepticons in the uh, RID 2015 series uh, are uh, they have a lot of they have like beast um, like a beast motif. Okay, introduce death uh, death source. You know, so you got one that's a dragon. Or a, or a kaiju, you know. Uh, so I think it'd fit right in. Uh, the the Lyokaiser, you know, I mean, Lyokaiser's got like uh, beast elements uh, on them. Look at uh, Kill Bison had the uh, like the the bison horns. Hellbat had the uh, the bats. Um, you had uh, uh, yeah, Rodimus. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, uh, and uh, incidentally, uh, Rick, I want to talk to you about an idea I have with Rodimus later, but, um, uh, I think Trypticon would be good to, to add into that one. It, here's what I'll say. I, I agree with all those characters. Uh, and we can sit here all night and name characters that have a beast element and mm-hmm. you know, ravage mm-hmm. and laser beak. But I just think, unfortunately the, the producers and the brand team just don't, they just don't have that fan knowledge at the moment. I don't. I can't think of anyone who's there that has that deep knowledge to well to, uh, to pull that out of their ass. And say, I, hey, I you think know what Def Source. That's a character we can reinvent. Yeah, we'll change the name, but it's going to be him. Yeah, 
Uh, well, I mean, they could call it Desaurus or something other, you know. I mean, it uh, it it can hearken to his his Japanese name, uh, but I'm seeing a lot of stuff, you know, with the Combiner Wars. It tells me that they're going back and looking at at things and saying, hey, you know, these are some characters we can do some stuff with. Um, and looking ahead at Titan Wars, some of the designs that that we've got coming. Um, if it is true that, you know, we're getting a blaster that's a headmaster, you know, blaster wasn't originally a headmaster, but if he looks like blaster and he has a gimmick that was once in transformers and they're reintroducing it, Mm -hmm. I'm all for it. Uh, you know, you know, Rick, you were talking a little bit about that before show. Um, you know, what if you reinvented a little bit, as long as the core things like the character, and if you can carry over, I mean, if he's still a tape deck and still has uh, has the tapes, but he's also a headmaster, I'm fine with that. But if you just, uh, okay, here's a jet, and we're going to uh, paint him like Blaster and call him Blaster, but he's not not a tape deck, to me that's a bit off. It's like might as well just call well, him something different. Okay, so you're saying that War for Cybertron Blaster, mm -hmm. he wasn't a tape deck, he he was a you know like an armored APC type vehicle. That's not a blaster to you, despite it is because he had uh, had the gimmick, you know, uh, had the the little the little disc gimmick. Minions. The minions. Um, <laughs> so that uh, that was enough. I, I'm wanting to. I'm just wanting to say have the core elements of the character there, mm -hmm. or at least most of them. It doesn't have to have mm -hmm. all of them. Like, for example, like I just said, you know, I mean, the, uh, it's possible that in the new Titan Wars, he may be a headmaster. I'm fine with that, you know. I'm not trying to challenge you. I'm just yeah. I'm just trying to say that um, I don't – I'm more basic about it in general. Like, for me, Megatron's going to be Megatron. Not movie mm -hmm. Megatron, but hmm. Megatron in animated, he's a helicopter and – Prime, he's a jet. He's G two, he's a tank. G one, he's a gun. It's still Megatron. It's still Megatron to me, and and maybe that's his character trait. That in every sing single show, he's just something different. Well, mm -hmm. ultimately, I think what it goes back to is uh, like, like we were talking. You know, like all the kids know Bumblebee's just having that one element about a character that is uh, so so memorable that, that uh, builds that connection there. Like the uh, like the horns and faceplate on an Optimus, or uh, you know ha having the, the the minions for uh, Blaster and Soundwave, the Buckethead on Megatron, you know, just just visual visual cues that, yeah. uh, that tells you unequivocally this is it's like a Cyclonus yeah. wouldn't be Cyclonus without the bunny ears. Armada. <clears throat> all right, so what what we're getting at that what I'm getting from from all of you is that. It's the deco that is the more important rather than uh, transformation, alt mode. Uh, it's It really comes down to... It's an amalgamation. For me personally, it's an amalgamation of all of them. It depends. It, it, I mean, it has to have... Uh, it doesn't have to have all the uh, the 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 points but it has to have the uh, a good portion of them you know li like you said you for example the 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 war for cybertron follow cybertron blaster he had the colors 
He had the head sculpt. He had the minions, mm -hmm. but he wasn't a tape deck. At least he hit on most of the aspects and everything. He, uh, it was sufficient. Now, if, if he was blaster, didn't have the head sculpt. So, uh, one, he didn't look like blaster in robot mode, but he had the minions. Eh, it might not have been a buy for me. Yeah, you get a lot of movie characters that are that, unfortunately. Yes. Just, you get the random repaint that's, uh, this is a uh, swindle now. Yeah. yeah. Well, one, one, one thing that uh, that I thought of when you started mentioning that was, uh, like here, Machine Wars Prowl. Uh, mm -hmm. you, don't, you, you, you don't necessarily have the exact G1 deco. Uh, however, you still have a scheme of uh, a little bit of black on a mostly white canvas. You have the uh, the front of the car, the, the hood, as the chest. You have a, a section of the car that uh, you know is reminiscent of, of the wings, which in this case is the spoiler. You have wheels on the on the feet here. I mean, there are different aspects of it that ultimately lend itself to uh, uh, to to an homage of, of uh, any character, uh, more more than just the the, the deco or the, or the paint. Um, a lot of times it, it could be the, the 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 head sculpt even it could be like like, like we were saying with, with blaster you know it, it was you know at one time that repaint of cybertron Soundwave and it had, had the, the repainted head you know that's not really much of a blaster then later on we got the generations one that you know still wasn't a tape deck but you had the the more g1 accurate head sculpt you know you had the minions you had the opening chest cavity you know um yeah yeah yeah. Well, I, I do want to move on to our, our main topic of discussion tonight, but this yeah. is an idea of, uh, of what I want to do with the, uh, the question of the day on Twitter. And it's, it has caused for some good discussion here, some good uh, thought. And we'd love to hear from you guys, uh, who are listening or watching on the show. If you have input on this uh, topic of discussion, this question, uh, be sure to tweet us on our Twitter account at TFYLP and be sure to use the hashtag TFYLP in there too. Um, and we'd love to hear from you. Uh, so uh, let's move on. Uh, and I also want to welcome Hang Yip Chan back. Uh, uh, he joined us quickly in the uh, pre-show, but uh, uh, welcome back. Thanks. Sorry, I had to do husbandly jobs. So. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. <laughs> I, see, I see how you're going there. <laughs> you have, you're, you're good in your husbandly jobs. That leaves it open to so many things. So I got, I, I've, I've got to, I've got to ask, how are things in the future? Um, wet. It's been raining. Raining. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you want to so so it's so it's summer here. That must mean it's winter there, right? Is yeah, definitely. Winter in Australia. Uh, yes. In the middle of the year. Yeah, gotta love it. <laughs> that would just be so weird to me. I'm like, eh. <laughs> that's that's why they do Christmas in July. Yeah, because um, it's winter, and and a lot of companies just do Christmas in July for no reason. Hmm. I'm I'm that's glad we don't have Christmas thing. in July here, so I don't get a Christmas present and a birthday present is the same thing. Oh. Yeah, that would really screw <laughs> with the uh, convention schedule too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, our main topic of discussion tonight. We've already actually got a a question on uh, on Facebook. Uh, I'll get to it here in a moment. Um, but uh, our main topic of discussion tonight is 
the gimmicks of Transformers. What is a gimmick? Um, we briefly talked about it earlier. Um, you know, a gimmick is defined in Transformers as something that is not the main uh, main purpose of the toy. Okay, the original purpose of the toy, the gimmick was, okay, you had one visual form, a robot, and then it converted into another visual form, a jet plane, a car, a gun, a tape deck. Um, so that was the gimmick. Uh, it wasn't long thereafter that other gimmicks started coming in. You know, you had combining, you had minions, uh, you know, like little mini cassettes. You had, uh, and this is something I mentioned in the uh, uh, in the intro or in the title, rub signs. An interesting little story about the rub signs, how those came about too. I believe it had something to do with uh, G1 Shockwave and the Galactic Man from Radio Shack. Um, the uh, we'll we'll talk about that here briefly. But a gimmick is defined as anything that a toy does extra that you uh, that that is not usually uh, done by the rest of the franchise or the rest uh, rest of the line. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the very first gimmick, transforming. Uh, what, what does the what? How did that change the face of toys? And and Rick, I'd I'd like to hear your your thoughts on on this right now. The uh, the the how did transforming toys change? Well, you look, I know you it's a huge question. The, the transformer stories first started showing up. So we're, we're in the mid to late 70s at this point, before the brand ever existed. And you were still, you were coming off the 60s still, which was still the space era. The Cowboys and Indians toys had gone away. Mm-hmm. You, uh, you had your G.I. Joe. You had uh, um, your Marx figures. You had your Mego figures. And then you get these metal toys. And... You think about any metal toy that you got during the 70s, it was just a static figure. And now you have these die-cast metal figures that turn into something else. It's a puzzle that you're interacting with the toy besides using your fantasy to play with it. So now you've increased the amount of uh, playtime a child spends with a specific item because they're transforming it. And you're also increasing the fantasy that the child uses with the toy. It's not just the fantasy of, hey, this is a good guy, this is the bad guy, they're going on an adventure. This is a guy, he's going to turn into a truck, he's going to drive over here, turn into a robot, and kick that guy's ass now. Uh, so it was, it was revolutionary. And once it became the brand Transformers, the whole concept, it's no wonder the concept exploded and became such a huge hit. And... Uh, Per capita, sold more figures and earned Hasbro more money in the 80s than it ever has uh, in the 90s or since. Uh, you had He-Man, you had Star Wars. Uh, everything was uh, a guy in a vehicle. Transformers were the vehicles. And there's nothing else out there like that. GoBots came later. Mass came later. But there was really nothing else like that. So I'm basically, going to throw it over to Jim Black. Yeah. Oh, not the face. Not the face. 
Throw it in his face. I'm gonna I'm gonna tag you in, Jim. Nice, nice. Um, honestly, uh, yeah, like you were saying, uh, you know, it it was a it was a completely new thing, uh, and, and it took a, a few aspects that, uh, that 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 children you know have, have pretty well always been fond of uh, in in recent history. Is you've got uh, robots, which is your science fiction element that that goes off of the the whole space race era. Uh, my 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 dad and and my mom, for instance, they you know my my dad was fascinated by by the NASA space race with uh, with, with uh, the Soviet Union and trying to get to the moon. You know, uh, my mom grew up; she was a, a, a lifelong Trekkie. You know, and, and so this was something that was so influential in so many aspects of pop culture at the time. Uh, and so it, it it took that. And uh, took it and put it with something else that uh, has always been popular with with, uh, with kids is you know cars and trucks and and and, and things like that. I didn't you even know, think you, about you, that, but you're yeah. you're absolutely right. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's a much better that, point than what I made. You've got that play value there, and so they they had a robot, and yet at the same time they had a semi or a a a, 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 a tape player, and they could play with this too. As, as they were going along ah, with, uh, ah, 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 right? Um, but I mean, and, and you know, they they could run their run their semi and run over the robot, or you know, and then have it turn into the robot and punch the other one in the face or smash them together, whatever they want, dig it through the dirt. It didn't you, matter. You had a very violent childhood, apparently. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I'm scared. Busted I'm a lot of miles. But, but like with the dirt, you know, the Constructicons, you had the, 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 the shovel on Bone Crusher and things like that. You had a Tonka toy. That, that's your Tonka toy. Yeah. You had you, your race car. You'd go, to the, you'd go to the sandbox with those things. You know, uh, you had the little Hot Wheels tracks. You took, uh, like, Bumblebee here, and you tried to get him to fit under the Hot Wheels tracks, and you ended up flinging him across the room that way. I mean, there there were so many things with that original line uh, from its inception that were just phenomenal, and that that's what I think spoke uh, most prevalently to to the the children of that generation. Was it? It took all those different genres and combined them flawlessly. And and you know what? Let's let's not forget that it was also a comic book. Yes. And and it was a cartoon show. Started out as a comic. That very defined fiction. So mm-hmm. you had the trifecta right there. Actually, now that I think of it, uh, talking about like the space race and that, Omega Supreme in the '85 line. There's a rocket. This is this is in the years where the space shuttle had already taken over and the rocket itself was obsolete. And yet you still had that going on. And well, oh, then you had Skylinks. Oh yeah, Astro Train. <laughs> Astro Train, yeah. Yeah. But uh, the thing is. <laughs> the thing is, is that uh, the Transformers line came along in 1984 uh, at a very, very opportune time. Uh, it was not long after Ronald Reagan had signed in the uh, act that allowed basically for uh, children's toys to be basically advertised in cartoons uh, in cartoon form. Uh, that's the simplified version of it. It's a lot more complex than that. But in the, inter- yeah, in the interest of time, uh, there are some, some legal things that happened that allowed the Transformers brand to be born. Uh, and um, 
for one reason or another, Diaclone, Microman, they didn't, they weren't as successful over here. Uh, Diaclone was brought over, wasn't it? But Microman was not. It, uh, Diaclone was brought over here. I, I want to say as a Toys R Us exclusive uh, for for '83. It was like just prior to to uh, you know the Transformers as as we know it now. Uh, there, there was like the the, the red sun streaker, the the uh, uh, what was it, the the, the trailbreaker or hoist uh, mold. Uh, Ironhide. Was it Ironhide or was it Skids? Uh, no, no, it was, it was Ironhide. It was, it was the black Ironhide. That's right, it was the black Ironhide. Uh, and then, I, and then we we actually got one in Diacron, which which is the the eighty three line that never made it to Transformers. Was the it was the Multi Force fourteen. Uh, box set it was it was like these smaller vehicles that you could put let's say like little green army man or something into uh there's 14 of these things and they all plug together and form this static robot with posable arms hmm. but you know it, the, those things all came together it was like a perfect storm mm -hmm. if you uh, if you will that became this line that is now known as the transformers but you know, in those early 80s, uh, Hasbro uh, and Takara, they had these molds uh, at their uh, at their disposal, but they needed a little more padding. Uh, and they started going out and finding other toys that also transformed. Uh, and that's, uh, was it Takatoku the, uh, uh, that had the, uh, the Whirl and Roadbuster molds? We had... Uh, yeah, that, was, that was a series called Dorvac. Yeah, the so Roadbuster yeah. <clears throat> Road was Dorvac itself, and they were all like piloted vehicles that transformed, very similar to Robotech, but with the three main mechas being. Um... <laughs> That's right, Jim's got it. Yeah. The, the three, the three main mechas were like the prototypes. They, they, the, they were the prototypes, mm -hmm. um, and then so you, you got a lot of Gundam and and Macross kind of combined into that one thing. Um, it didn't do. I don't think it was very popular as a series, though. They did one series, and then they did a special in which they killed off like two of the main characters. Because hmm. like, oh hey, a meteorite's coming to the planet. Let's just kill the lead character right there. Huh? <laughs> well, the but the thing is, is that there were other lines that were being introduced into Transformers. We had Whirl, we had Roadbuster, Jetfire. Uh, from the uh, from the uh, Macross line, uh, and which you know you can still today find out on the market the uh, I guess the, uh, you could call it the intermediate uh, Macross Jetfire. It's jet it's the Jetfire that still has a little Macross insignias on the wings. Mm -hmm. I actually used to have one bone white complete, and I'm still kicking myself to this day for selling it. I had I still had it in the styrofoam. Oh, uh, it was gorgeous. But I, I laugh at your pain and drink your tears, Jerome. Yes. <laughs> and and you can take your King Jader and uh, <laughs> yes. Um, but then uh, then there was a little bit of a uh, little uh, bit of an issue that arose whenever okay there was this thing called Galactic Man. Uh, I can't remember the exact story behind this, but generally what it is is, uh, is Hasbro and Takara had uh, gotten a license to use this toy as Shockwave in Transformers. But at the same time, the Radio Shack company, uh, I guess Tandy uh, I so. uh, had released it, had also 
obtained a license to release this toy as uh, as Galactic Man through the Radio Shack um, uh, uh, stores, hence yep. Shackwave, <laughs> the gray Shackwave. Mm-hmm. Um, so both of these toys were legit legal toys. Uh, the Shackwave was not a knockoff. I mean, that's that's a common uh, common mis- misconception that I've heard throughout the fandom is that Shackwave was a uh, was a knockoff or a um, uh, an illegal use of Shockwave. No, it, they were both licensed. Officially licensed product. And it was because of this that we came uh, that we came to the uh, the rub signs. How to know that your transformers were true transformers? Uh, the, uh, Hasbro started sticking these on the toys. I believe Takara did too. Did they not? Um, yeah. not positive. Yeah. Uh, probably at some point they, no, they no, the, incorporated the, them. I think the second wave of the 1985 stuff, when when they did the running change, added the rub signs, but not the initial release, because a lot of it was taken straight from the from the Diaclone stuff, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, so that's where we got the rub signs from. I mean, it, it was kind of like a behind-the-scenes thing. I always thought, hey, this is just a cool little thing. As a kid, I really didn't know about. I saw I saw the Shockwave in stores, and I'm like, that's not that looks like Shockwave, but he's not purple. Why is he not purple? I, I didn't get it as a kid. You know, <laughs> that's like the Ghostbusters versus the real Ghostbusters. Yeah, why are they like, called? I don't the remember the movie there being a talking gorilla. Because the other ones are fake. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's one of those things that that happened, but I, I, today I kind of wonder if it would even happen today. Could that happen today with today's legal red tape and crap that, that happens? I don't know. We could uh, have the real GoBots, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> the real GoBots. The real Transformers. Yeah, um, that's right. <laughs> but there, are there any other gimmicks... <laughs> Uh, from uh, since we're talking on Generation One and the beginning uh, of ish, uh, of <laughs> talk about a distraction. <laughs> okay, um, is there anything from Generation One that we want to talk about? Yeah, out uh, outside of say uh, combining uh, headmasters, triple uh, uh, changers was there almost from the start. Yeah. And we didn't get triple changers again until years later. Right. Mm-hmm. What, what were you getting ready to say, Don? Uh, I was also going to say incorporating real-world toys. This, this may be stretching the thing, but incorporating real-world things into the Transformers line, like Perceptor, who actually was a working microscope. Mm-hmm. Who you know, So that, that may be considered a gimmick as well. Yeah. Um, that, uh, that also is, I guess... That is a gimmick in and of itself in, in role play. Uh, you know, you had, like Jim mentioned earlier, uh, Soundwave Blaster were kind of role play toys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Perceptor is obviously a role play toy. You could actually look in it. He, I mean, he wasn't a great magnifier, but he right. could actually magnify. Fourteen times. Yeah. But but actually, that that being said, because these things, the original Japanese version. So for for Soundwave, he was. What was it? I can't remember the Diclone version of it. Was actually a working FM radio. Yes. yes. Uh, it was either him or Blaster. I can't uh, remember. One of the two was an was actual working FM radio. Was it, was it, it was Soundwave because he had earbuds, <laughs> and they weren't included. That's why the, that's why you had the the empty earbud slots in the yeah. first Soundwaves 
because the slots were there in the styrofoam, but there was nothing in the slots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so look, that was that was an extra radio, and the original version of Perceptor actually had a had a stronger. Like, I think the Japanese version had a better magnif- magnification compared to the American version. I think it was some kind of safety issue. Um, Japan just doesn't give a crap about safety issue. That's yeah. how Fortress Maximus can get re-released. So, <laughs> those, those, yeah, those American kids—they they can't see those germs. They'd be too dangerous. I, I saw a funny, <laughs> right. I saw a funny meme on uh, on Facebook the other day. Uh, it was a dude, uh, a picture of a dude, uh, had his leg in a wood chipper, and the meme said, "Let's remove all the safety labels from everything." and let nature take its course. And I totally agree with that. I, you know, the Japanese, you know, they don't have to put those silly warning labels like that on there. Yes, I, I think they have the choking hazard and stuff, but, uh, you know, <laughs> really. <laughs> but that being said, uh, Megatron is also another role-play toy. Um, role-play played a, uh, has played... Um, a huge part in Transformers. I mean, uh, during the movie lines, we had those swords and the, and the masks and all kinds of things like that. Armada um, Laserbeak, even. Yeah, Armada Laserbeak. Uh, so, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. You got to count him. It's a stretch. Not him too much about it. And, and stretch, the Energon Star Saber, even. The, the, the large player. Uh, I, I think uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Gun. What, it, that monstrosity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then beyond Generation One, let's get into Beast Wars. Uh, anybody want to tackle Beast Wars well, and talk a little we, bit about that? Beast Wars. Can we make it in G two first? Oh well, yeah, G two, G two. Yeah, I'm totally yeah, cause, cause, G2. yeah, because G two, I think, is where we saw a lot of innovation that we still see nowadays in the importance. Like Not a blue Tyrannosaurus. Like a blue Tyrannosaurus, yes, there's that. But also, <laughs> we got ball and socket joints, and people don't realize this was this was the first time in G2 when we got these ball and socket joints, which increased the opposability of these characters immensely. Take a look at like Sea Spray and the Cliff Jumper reissue, the this mini bot reissues, and then look at your Cyber Jets. Absolutely, complete stark differences. Should we count my uh, action masters and their, their legs? Would, well, that count? but, but didn't well, action thought, masters copy GI Joe for that? I thought that was based on the GI Joe rings. Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought action masters was mostly O rings in the in the hips and stuff for movement. I didn't know they were ball joints. Uh, I don't know. Is it? Hurry, break yours apart and find out. I totally should. <laughs> don't listen no. to me. <laughs> but you know, but y'all, you also had like from Dreadwing, ripple fire missiles. Now, now we now again we got we did get that with Optimus Prime, Action Master Optimus Prime, who who shot six missiles. Dreadwing shot sixteen, I believe it's sixteen. So I mean, you, you're looking at a, and then you you've got just so many different, you know, you've got the air pump from a combat hero Optimus and combat hero. Megatron. Mm-hmm. Um, so you you get a lot of things uh, like Laser Rod Optimus Prime, probably one of the best examples of G2 because you incorporate the ripple fire missiles, the air pump guns, the light up weapons. Uh, since, since you brought that up, Don, light I, 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 
Yeah, I was going to say, uh, since you brought that up, I was wanting to, to address one thing. We actually had a question on Facebook in our TFYP group uh, from Emmett uh, Srezovic. Uh, I hope I'm saying that right. If not, I apologize. Uh, he asks, so what was the first toy line to use light piping? Was it uh, Hasbro property? Oh, geez. Was it Brave? Oh. No, uh, no, no, the first time I ever saw no. the light piping gimmick uh, in a toy was Metalhead in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He, he had the brain in the back of his head, and it made. Oh, it you're yeah. right. That's the first time oh, I ever saw that. Good call. Yeah. Well, now let me ask you this: Did mute now? Would, would mutant mutagen man would, would be more of a use of clear plastics? Translucent I, I never had mutagen man. Uh, yeah, no, mutagen man, yeah, man had a whole different thing where you put the water inside. Yeah, but but but, but, again, but that that's where you started getting things that would eventually lead to great charger. Great charger. Yeah, and and well, also uh, that's my name for him. That's what I call him, grape charger. Oh. Uh, clarify for those who who are listening to this on the audio version. Oh, uh, on, who are this, you talking? Yeah, this is the Japanese zombie cliff jumper that is done in a translucent purple that is basically the same color as grape jelly. It, it's it's as it's as great. <laughs> oh, it's grape as great jumper. As yeah, I, I thought you said grave. Yeah, I thought he was great because he was a dick great, as a doorknob. Grave jumper. <laughs> by by the way, you're talking to you got one of the guys who killed Cliff Jumper on your show right now. Yeah, you did a good Ooh. job. Well, well, Rick, just <laughs> he's a red shirt man. Well, well, as a quick side note, <laughs> just, as, just as a quick side note, Rick, could The Rock not stay around long enough on a weekly basis, or uh, was it, it came or, down or, to money? Or, and uh okay look look side side bar real quick tangent Uh, the initial plan was to kill him at the end of season one when megatron showed up for the first time just to show you how badass megatron was but uh they moved it up to the front of the season and because of that it was a one episode gig they thought let's spend some money and get someone big and that's how the rock got it which is why he didn't come back for the Second time Cliff Jumper was on the show. Okay. He, he doesn't stay around WWE either, so mm-hmm. yeah, he's he's kind of you know, yeah. wham bam. He's good movie. He's like a he's like a Rolling Stone. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but, you know, but you know, we, we got we got trans the G two. We got the translucent plastics. I mean, so much that we have you know, now. Don, Don, you mentioned earlier that in G two uh, was the first time we saw ball and socket joints that's not true generation one we did have a ball and socket transformer uh g1 astral train oh Oh, that's right right well you're you're yes and no yes it did have that but you're talking as a standard engineering feature yeah yeah but it it, it did have it though yeah you're right i didn't think about that but but I, but I think it's but I think yeah but I think as far as them realizing we can get a lot more motion with a lot less pins and parts by using the ball and socket joints and that's what gives us awesome things like cyber jets. So do, do you suppose that that when they were designing it, that may have been kind of a, a way to kind of test the waters on that and see how it would work? Well, I, I'm betting someone at some point said, "Hey, wait a minute, 
I've got one of them Astro trains, and it uses that weird connection. What if we use this instead of all these other pins and hinges and parts, and see if it see if it works? We'll, we'll save some money that way. You don't think someone had a Gundam on their shelf and said, "Hey, this"? No, I no, like the way just transformers. Speaking of speaking of G two, yeah, G two. I've been listening to you guys for like the past thirty minutes. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, we said G two three times. He appeared. Yeah. Hey, 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 it's, like, it's, like, it's like kicking a click. If you say G, the words G two neon or cyberjet, like Don had to jinx us a few moments ago, and here comes. I have to like, correct. It's like, it's like Don. Juice. I, I, I have to, I have to correct Don here. He's Why talking you about ball joints. Ball joints, not Don, not Duran. Don, Don, dude, do you not remember Raiden? Actually has ball joint Man, sort of I sockets. I, I haven't. I haven't disassembled Bryden in seven years. He's, and, then he's, you, and then you also forgot about Astro Train. They, no, they mentioned Astro Train. No, we brought that up. It's yeah. it's slightly. Yeah, but Astro Train that wasn't a standard engineering feature, so yeah. I disqualified that. But anyway, Bryden was yeah. semantics. But that's <laughs> that, that's that's one reason. That's one reason G two is so awesome. Not just for the characters, not for the colors, not for the experimentation and themes, but it also for the engineering the colors. Yeah. Gimmicks! <laughs> but now we go to Beast Wars when things got really freaky. We saw the return of the rub symbol in Beast Wars, if I recall. Actually, yes, we did. Yeah, did we? and we also saw the... Uh, they were crystals. smaller, though. They were smaller. Actually, I I have uh, I have Man Terror the the praying mantis. He oh. actually has a Predacon rub sign on the top of his head. Oh, Man Terror is my favorite. favorite. I love Man Terror. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I I just have to say this because I have yet to even yeah this thing ah. is unbelievable. Um, this is this is actually not mine. It's my buddy's. But it's yours now. Possession's nine tenths to the law. Yeah, no, right. Oh my gosh. But yeah, this thing is unbelievable. Sorry, I just have to say it. That, I have to that say was this two weeks ago. I have to say this. I just thought if I don't say it, I'll forget it. No, it's cool. The plastic guy just said that was that was his buddy's my buddy Devastator. <laughs> Devastator you can carry around with you. My, my buddy and buddy. me, right? <laughs> <laughs> My buddy. I, I could see him and Devastator just kind of skipping along down the street. So I'm going to this wrestling event where the fans bring the weapons, and I was tempted to bring a, a Devastator so that one of the wrestlers can use it in hitting one of the opponents. That would I be thought, so No, epic. that's not going to work. I need to bring a Fort Max. Actually, that's, ah. one thing I, that's one thing I have to complain, though. You know, it came to G2 Devastator. No firing fists. That was a gimmick they brought. What? 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 That's true. They removed that gimmick. They, they, they could have gave it. And honestly, what they could have done is done what they did with, like, Bruticus and them and gave them, like, a missile launching. Well, no, actually, oh. actually, actually, at BotCon 96 or 95, 94, 95, I asked the Hasbro reps. And I asked them about the fist and devastator, and they said it was because of say in that short period of time between when devastator first came out and G two, the safety laws had changed so much. 
That's why you had to have those long cyber jet missiles. And you had to have, you know, that, that's why you had long cyber jet missiles. That's why you didn't have a lot of the rocket firing stuff anymore because they had changed that fast. You know, that, that that's a good a good segue there, Don. Uh, a lot of gimmicks uh, either come about or change depending on the ever-changing toy safety laws. What are some of the toy safety laws that change the okay. gimmicks i got this know i got i got the best example safety megatron <laughs> i still yeah. want that that and that was so please, it was hit, please, it was hobby, give us that thing because i really want a orange chromed megatron wait wait, Sorry, wait, I don't wait, want that. <laughs> wait rick is trying to say something no i'm not no uh, I will say uh, that the gun law did affect something. <laughs> I will say the gun law did affect something that I that I worked on while I was there at the Big H. Uh, the little legend-sized Megatron. Ah. Even something that was so small like that, it still needed that orange cap. Otherwise, it wouldn't. Otherwise, it wasn't allowed to ship into uh, California. All right. Now, Darren, I'm. I found a picture of Safety Megatron. I know we brought this up before. But just so everybody can it is see what we're, awesome. what we're talking about, I found a picture. Here's the picture. So everybody can see. And, and this, this was shown after the fact. The toy still could, but when they showed us this picture, the toy oh, still okay. could not come out. Even if that toy was all orange, it still would not be able to come out to the yeah. show. Really? But, yeah. So, but is the that colors are Megatron? No, no, that is. They looked at doing a reissue of Megatron. I am okay, so that's, that's, tempted to just get I, a reissue of it and make one because yeah. I really I will say, want that. I will just, say you're going to get my But oh, let me oh finish. Let me, let me finish. Okay. Yeah, go ahead, Don. When they showed us this picture, they were answering the question. I don't remember what year this was. Why we had not gotten a reissue of Megatron, and. They had actually shown us whatever year this was. That was 2004. I showed that in my panel. Okay, Rick. Okay, cool. Again, yeah, like I said, it, it all blows I showed that in it my all... Transformers that never made it panel at Bacon. Oh, that, that's, that's right. The commemorative series was still out of Toys R Us. Yeah. So, and even and that picture, they still couldn't make it, even when with it like that. Mm-hmm. I will say that. Uh, there was a box made for it. Who I would have loved seeing that box. Have you got a picture of the box? And I will say there's only one of those Megatrons in existence. Ooh. And you have it. It's a okay. very cool toy to hold. In your hands. I uh, I would I wanted I wanted one of those so bad. I mean it's like so hideous and beautiful. Yeah. I love it. I mean just so the neon orange and the, and the and the and the shiny blue. Yeah. It's gorgeous. Unfortunately, over time, some of the blue starts to chip away, but it's... I, I, I want to know why we haven't got, like, a, a, a Hedgemon or anything in the in those colors. Yet. Oh, okay. Yet? Yeah. Yes. yeah. Hey, yeah. third parties out there, get on to that. Yeah, yeah no kidding. Please. But, but for people listening, if you hear us in the past few weeks talking about Safety Astro Train and the <laughs> set that comes with the Blitzwing... This is what coined the safety Astro Train name. Is that safety Megatron? Uh huh. 
Watch what do you the... think? Uh, what do you think that Megatron would be worth if it ever showed up on eBay one day? Oh god, it would probably outdo. You think you could do more than G two Minosaur? I would. Yeah, I would. I would think pretty close to the G two Minosaur even more. Because there's only one of them. Right. Well, then it would probably quadruple that. Yeah, and then and somebody then, out there would have that kind of money to blow on it. And 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 if and if you had the box that was made for it. The the box was um, pro- the original box was probably thrown out, but the digital files I I found them in a random CD when I used to work at Hasbro. There was a full wow. Photoshop uh, Illustrator file created for the box. Wow. It looked just like the other reissue boxes, only it had those funky ass pictures of Megatron on it. Do you wow. still have access to those? Because I don't think the fandom has seen those. Uh. When I when my department was cut from Hasbro and I was let go, unfortunately all my um, stuff, all the stuff I had archived, all the prototypes I had had, all the original G1, GI Joe art, gem art, a lot of that was thrown in the trash the next day. Uh, mm. So there's a ton of G1 art and GI Joe art and prototypes and stuff that. Did no the one has never seen and concepts for action masters that have never been released uh, and concepts for pretenders that have never been seen that uh, I was just waiting for the right publication or panel to show those in and uh, that all got thrown out that all but, went in the trash. Thank you Hasbro for having to preserve your brand. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it, well, see, it, it's just like Doctor Who. this stuff or something. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was the archive, but to them, remember, it has no monetary value. It's just stuff that's taking up space that could be someone's office. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. when somebody leaves, their stuff gets thrown out. You would think they would design like one of the major corporate places, just like. An entire like museum of the stuff they've been putting out instead they of just have, like there is, it away. Uh, there is an archive that has uh, three copies of almost everything that's been released going back to the very beginning. Uh, and I'm talking, these things are going back to the beginning of Hasbro. Uh, it is impressive when you see it in person, mm-hmm. but. Um, it's been pillaged. Some people have taken stuff, doesn't return it. Uh, there's no protection on the window, so some stuff has been bleached by the sun to be completely white. I will say uh, I did find the whitest jet fires I've ever seen <laughs> in, that, in that storage. Nice. But, I, uh, I just, yeah. Rick, I, I just had uh, one, one question uh, before we get back on the, under the, uh, the gimmicks topic. Uh, was that that uh, safety Megatron box? What artwork would have been used for that? Would, would they have done? I believe it was uh, Pat Lee artwork. It was. I think it was uh, Dreamwave. Dreamwave. Shop to be the. the oh god, that that's a, that was around that time frame though. Yeah. Because so, I know some, some of the I think, was, I think it was the art from the more than meets the eye book. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now gimmicks. Uh, Getting back to uh, to the topic, we we kind of derailed, of course. Before. Like uh, Cyburn, yeah, like Cyburn two uh, mentioned last week. Uh, you know, we 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 wouldn't be TFYLP if we didn't derail once or once or twice during a show. Sure. But we do come back to the topic gimmicks, and why did my what the heck is going on here? My computer's going crazy all of a sudden. 
It's uh, wigging it out. Yeah, it's <laughs> totally wigging out. Uh, Look at Skynet. It, now it, we know it, where it originated from. Yeah. I'm it, sitting here and like I, I start getting all kinds of windows opening up all at the same time. I'm like, what the hell is going on? It wants to play a game. It's Yeah, Skynet is inter interfering with my computer. It's just Windows 10. No, I'm I'm actually on Mac. You know, so, but but speaking of Megatron, one thing that was cool about the Megatron that came out in Japan was that it actually fired. It came with pellets. Yep, it did. And it actually had a firing feature, which it never had that in the well, U.S. Well, that that lands so it was the, it was pretty much like the Japanese version that was released that actually had the pellet firing mechanism mm-hmm. that you load in the top. Yeah. Well, that that lends itself to what we were what we were talking about uh, right before we kind of derailed there was was uh, the fact that there are legal reasons things have changed. Uh, for example, the commemorative series G1 Ultra Magnus has those ridiculously long shoulder missiles. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, Same with the Starscream that's got the little short missiles, but they're yeah. super long now. Yeah. Um, what are some examples of those, of, of changes that gradually changed uh, that made these toys different uh, from their first release. Well, I'm not just talking about re- re- reissues. I'm talking about, okay, you have I'm, – I'm trying to think of a good example of this. I, uh, I think I've got one maybe. Well, there okay. was a version of Ultra Magnus like way back when we were kids that didn't even have the spring-launching gimmick for the missiles. That was like a one What's the, pla- the plastic wheel version? Mm-hmm. KB. Yeah. yeah. With the and, face. Yeah. And I'll, and one gimmick we lost completely because if you read regulations was the spark shooting action from the monster bots. Good and, one. And yeah. the uh, small Autobot uh, guzzle, sizzle, and fizzle. I can't remember the spark the bots. Spark bots. Good. Yeah, uh, yeah. Cindersaur and uh, Flame Feather. Flame Feather. Yeah. So we com- we lost that completely as an action feature due to safety laws, which is why we had those funky, stupid, light up internal dinosaur figures from Age of Extinction that barely lit up because mm-hmm. they can't shoot sparks anymore. Yep. Well, well G2, I they think were, they only released the ones that were over the UK. Of the spark bots, we didn't even get them during Generation Two. G one was it. Yeah. Well, I'm think what I'm thinking uh, about though are toys that were released earlier in the franchise, but then came out uh, later as a different character or uh, that that was changed because of toy safety laws. For example. Okay. I want to say because uh, you got blast off on, on the nose cone. Mm-hmm. It was a sharper nose cone, and even up to its 2001 Robots in the Skies release, it still had that same nose cone. Yeah. But then the next release, you had uh, the the uh, Robots in the Skies, uh, the the Armada packaging, uh, Walmart deco, the, the the urban camo, yep. and then and also the Universe uh, Desert camo. Both of those had a rounded nose cone on blast off or uh, move or. I actually got that one from uh, from you, Rick, uh, here here a while back, and I, I had totally forgot about the rounded nose cone on that. Yeah, I, I sold that one because I actually have one in the package that actually has the sharp pointed nose that I found in the closet somewhere. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, I got boxes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, yeah, those are good examples. I don't, I don't yeah. think there's too many examples of figures that have come out and then being re-released. Um, uh, that have got many changes. I think we might have nailed them all. Stampers I mean, there's definitely figures that got released that cannot be released again due to safety laws. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, like Megatron, the Spark of Bots. Yeah. Fortress Maximus. Fortress Maximus. That's another, yeah, that's another Max, example. Yeah. They, uh, they tried bringing that over here, uh, but no matter yeah, how much they tried it, it just wouldn't pass the drop test. That's okay. They're just making a new one. Mm. Yeah. This is why well, I get my stuff from Japan. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it, it was I, I don't know if it was actually uh, a toy safety law change or if it was just a different firing mechanism just for the sake of a different kind of mechanism. But we go from like spring loaded gimmicks to the uh, the pressure missiles. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think that was a safety issue, actually. Okay. Well, what kids kids eating the springs or breaking and doing that? I think it was the spring shooting into the eyes. But yeah, uh, eyes or face? Yeah. How I, stupid could children be? Yeah. Well, hey, and uh, you haven't made my to answer that. Yeah. <laughs> and prime and prime smokestacks. That's a great example. Whoever put that in the chat. Prime having to get short his stack shortened. This is true. They, they could snap off and create. Yeah, a, for a the sharp, for the G1 version purpose. and the uh, and the masterpiece. But you know that's not so much of a, a safety thing, as it is um, a packaging thing to make sure that uh, it didn't break while in the package. Uh, again, due to to oh, the drop okay. test. Well, here's a good one. Um, Generation 2, you had a lot of spring-loaded stuff, but toward the tail end, you had the cyber jets that were yep. like fire. Was that also a running change, or were those going to be you know, a different design totally? I, I think those might have been designed that way. Yeah. I think they were, because if you really look at it, there, there was no way... There was no place for a spring-loaded gimmick on yeah. those. Well, my thing was, is, is if they were not going to include, say, they were going to include like a missile-firing thing that was spring-loaded that can actually go in their hands, because they all actually can hold a weapon, but it really doesn't come with a weapon. The only thing you do is put the missile in their hand. So my question is, is do you think well, they really uh, came with a spring-loaded thing and had two hands, and then they decided to swap a hand? Well, uh, you know, you know what that might have been actually. Um, there was a set of the Cyberjets that was remolded that never came out, and they were prototyped. Um, they're actually uh, they belong to a private collector in Japan. Uh, so I believe those remolded versions of all three Cyberjets actually came with handheld weapons that they that they Ooh. fit in the hand. Okay. Okay. There we go. The more you know. Hmm. Now let's move on to uh, what came after. Uh, I guess Beast Wars. Uh, did we really? We really didn't get into Beast not, Wars. Not really. Uh, um, I mean, is yeah, the, uh, a gimmick. Sort uh, of. Well, yes. Spark uh, the Return Spark. of the Rock symbol. There, there were a couple of water shooters. In the Beast mutant Wars. mask mm -hmm. in, in the '96 line. The mutant. Oh, yeah, mask. that's right. You're right. Alternate head. Uh, now I know it's diffusers just kind of a gimmick in themselves. Well, they were more of uh, animorphs that just got pushed into the. Yeah. Oh, the fusors, right, right. I'm thinking the mutants. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the fusors wasn't that almost a gimmick in itself. Well, I mean, so was the Dinobots in, the, in that same way, you know. Uh, as far would now. 
would weapon storage be more of a feature? Because it, it really wasn't a thing for the longest time. That's a good and point. And to be obvious, Wars figures had weapon storage as part of it to maintain yeah. the beast mode. I, I didn't even think about that, but you're right, because uh, Optimus Primal is a primal example. Uh, in, in his right forearm, he stored the mace. His left forearm had the, the dual blasters that could that you'd right. then launch the elongated missiles. In his back were the two swords. Yeah. Uh, and Dinobots. you could also fit two extra missiles in his back, too. Exactly. Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah, that's right. And, and uh, look at look at Rat Trap. His little gun splits into two and goes into his sides where his legs are. Right. Yeah, I know... Well, uh, from from speaking to some of the designers who who worked on that, I mean, that was before my time there, um, but the theory, which became a, a pretty big uh, design theory uh, throughout the years at Hasbro, was that if you lose the gun, you should still be able to transform it and have it still be recognized as that thing. Yep. Um, I guess that's so one of the reasons why uh, headmasters were so frowned upon for so many years. Mm-hmm. What about target masters? Those guns would just run off on their own. Pretty much. Because they have robot modes. My, my, my <laughs> whole theory on that, and, and this might be cold, but if you're if you're the type of person that... Now my freaking printer is going crazy. What the hell? <laughs> you got a poltergeist. That's what you got. Before you know that, those cases behind him are going to open up, and then the figures are just going to start smacking back of the head one at a time. But if if you're five minutes, if you're the type of person that if you're going to just easily lose something as uh, as integral as a head or the target master partner to it. It's not that hard to keep the damn things together. I mean, I was like eight, nine, ten. 11 years old, and I was able to hold my entire collection together. It's like whenever I was done playing, I'd put them into a bag or, you know, or put them on the toy and put them up on the shelf. And I, I didn't lose anything that way. But, but, yeah, but, but what if you were one of those kids that decide to go, like, your parents go on this long weekend, you go to the beach, and you decide to bring, like, your Devastator with you. And then you <laughs> That's go home on you. With, That's because on you missed you. out on... Yeah. Oh my God! I couldn't find a missile because it got buried in the sand, or I can't find the fists. Or but something. see, that's that's on that's on you. That's on you for taking that toy there. But uh, but going back to what Rick was saying that that you know you don't want to. They don't want to release a toy that if after you transform it, it's not recognizable by uh, because it's missing its head, or it's missing its gun, or it's missing its engine, or or what have you. Um, the thing is, though, is that that is part of the gimmick. That is part of the uh, of the play pattern, and I don't want to be dictated whether or not you know. Well, we don't want to release this toy because we're afraid you'll lose a part of it. If I lose a part of it, that's on me. But I would still like to be able to play with that kind of toy because they never you would know? have released the G1 Seekers if that was the case. Exactly, yep. because I mean, hell, you lose a wing, you're screwed. Right. Landing gear. My G1 Skywarp. My G1 Skywarp as as a kid, I did lose a a a, a rear wing from uh, from Skywarp, but it wasn't my fault. I uh, I had put him in the box. Sure, sure. No, no, I, I put him in the box, and then I got him out and was messing with him, and set him on the table. My mom picked him up and moved it, and I came back, and his rear right rear wing 
the little little bitty wing was gone. Couldn't find it anywhere. I was so upset at her for I'm like, Mom, you lost my wing. <laughs> and uh, and years later, at the very first botcon they ever went to, um, uh, Insane Galvatron found a replacement wing for my Skywarp. And what? Twenty years later, I had completed my incomplete Skywarp. And, That's yeah. uh, I, you know, I uh, had my Optimus Prime since '84, and I never had the fist for it. And uh, I remember when I finally got a complete Optimus Prime uh, in the '90s, and I had these fists. It just made the arms look so much longer. It just looked weird because mm-hmm. <laughs> I just I'd been used to playing with Optimus without the hands for monkey arm a decade, prime. and uh, <laughs> it just looked weird. It just looked like it was too long. Truck not monkey. Monkey, not truck. That's why a lot of us, like, throughout the years, were like, yep, yeah, if he's going to be in truck mode, is fist going the cap. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's not car. Yeah. Uh, now, the thing is, Beast Wars had other gimmicks, too. Uh, Transmetal? Well, do we, do we want to mention shelf warming as a gimmick? Not shelf Warming shell form. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Yeah, that, 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 shelf form. Well, that, that is a that's the uh, byproduct that of is design. a byproduct of a design theory. Shell yeah. forming is that is a, a byproduct because they said, hey, we're gonna have this feature, which is the spring loaded action, and uh, that ultimately leads to um, you know, like guys guys like this from mm-hmm. Beast Wars Neo. Well, and, uh, uh, that ultimately leads to you know when you have this feature in a lot of toys, it it's going to kind of limit how much uh, designs you can do and how much engineering you can put into it before they all look the same thing, all yeah. the same way. So basically, it leads to break the penguin. It, well, you, to... you also got uh, Dead End, the uh, the ammonite. Oh I yeah, mean, he truly he is. He truly is a shell, a shell former. I mean, yeah. <laughs> is that where you're going with that? Wow. But you got the peppermint, too. I think he's what? awesome. I love him. I, I found him the other day at a, at a, at a toy shop in, uh, in uh, southern Indiana, uh, Toy Fever. Uh, if you're in the Clarksville area, check them out at the Green Tree Mall. Give them a free plug there. Great guys there. Yeah, yeah the last train to Clarksville. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Thanks, Don. But uh, but they uh, they had a Beast Wars Neo Dead End there, and I'm like, I love that toy. He is a uh, a, a uh, exactly. He is he he is exactly the perfect definition of a shell former because he he basically folds up inside of his shell, but yep. he just looks cool and. I love him. I mean, but he also has that firing spring-loaded gimmick because to transform him, you have to push down on that little, uh, uh, what's that little? Uh, little the shell the, thing, and then he just launches the shell off. Yeah, it launches yeah. the shell off the side. Shell blaster. Yeah. So it, it's pretty cool. But, but what uh, about Big Convoy? Hey, He's, uh, somebody wanted to buy some Transformers. Where, where would they get them? Well, you know, that's a good thing. Uh if if you wanted to buy vintage Transformers uh, toys, you could uh, go to any major convention like BotCon, TFCon, or something other, and find uh, Mega Toy Fan. Uh, you can maximize your collection with MegatoyFan.com. 
and uh, find all kinds of great stuff there with uh, great deals. And you can also, if you like uh, new stuff, uh, third party stuff, you can go to CaptureProy.com. Great toys, great prices, great service, CaptureProy.com. And you can also save even more with the Capture Prey loyalty program. And if you order something $150 or more, you get free shipping. So great stuff there. Uh, both of them, both of those guys are our sponsors. Uh, check them out. Uh, free plugs there. <laughs> um, but going back to other Beast Wars gimmicks, any other gimmicks besides uh, the well, like, uh, would you call them changing from what about beast like spring? Robot? Yeah, like what about like the spring loading action of that uh, pill bug thing? Retracts. That thing. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the guy who doesn't stay in that, robot that, mode. No, when when you keep him in the robot mode, he looks like Unicron. He's got the quickest transformation yeah. ever. All he, to, all he has to do is fall over on your shelf. Right. <laughs> uh, so it, it's like Beast Wars Grandis. Power. <laughs> it yeah. is. You're not wrong. It is. Right. I'm standing up, guys. It took me Come a second on. to get that. Right. Uh, and if you think about it, he actually has hands almost like the current Constructicons do. They just go from side to side. They don't do much else. Right. I'm doing this, guys. He's kind of got jazz hands almost. Jazz hands. <laughs> I, I know there was Should something in the late. Look, it's a jazz hand. <laughs> uh, hey, leave, leave the bad puns to the professional punter here. I mean, y'all missed my joke in the chat, for heaven's sakes. That's a great one. Got right. them really so, cool. uh, should we move on to Beast Machines? Uh, sure. Can we skip Beast Machines? No, 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 no. We got to do Beast Machines. Well, yeah, good. Beast, 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 Machines. Machines, Beast Machines' gimmick was just being bad. No, no. <laughs> There's some gems in that line. There are some there gems are. in that line. But well, can we? Can not we truly say, outrageous. Can we say <laughs> that the? Can we say that the turd on Night Scream's robot head was a gimmick? The, that was poor the, design theory. That what? is. I swear yeah. it looks like a tapered off turd hanging off a of Night Scream's head. I, I guess what they thought is that Night Scream was going to be the next Cheetor. And everyone would gravitate towards him. Well, so they said, well, let's make him at the big price point. To, to and, kind of go uh, along with uh, kind of go along with that on ice cream, consider he's a bat, okay? He hangs upside down. That's probably guano on his head. Hey, Cyber you know, guano. <laughs> yeah. Let that sit nice for a moment. Well, you know, I, I just thought of something, guys. Uh, and when you said he, the, the bat size, in Beast Machines... Size was the gimmick for Supreme Cheetor. Mm-hmm. That was the gimmick. Is he was well, set, he that was that's that a price point. That's a price point, and the gimmick was the electronic features and that right. yeah. terrible grappling claw. Yeah. Thing. But but I mean, they it's kind like of, they, it's they like the fifty dollar bumblebee that's at stores right now. That's yeah. That's not a gimmick. That's just well, a price point, and they filled it with that character. Well, Looks well, like well, to me, I, I remember at the time they were promoting it as far as, you know, it's it's as big as your house cat. So they were using the size as part of the feature of the toy hmm. at the time. So that that's, that's what I was thinking is the size was the part of the gimmick. But that, you know, that's what I was thinking. So he was the John Holmes of Beast Machines. 
I don't I don't get that and I'm not sure I want to either. <laughs> I think it was more more the John Hancock of Beast Machines. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, um, I, why did I buy that toy? As far as a a gimmick for Beast Machines overall though, uh, I almost want to say the the overall gimmick as a whole was going away from anything and everything that we've ever previously uh, associated with the brand as far as realistic uh, vehicle modes, realistic animal modes. They were trying to go specifically alien, specifically Cybertronian on everything all across the board. Yeah. Take, for instance, Tank War right here. This is the Generations Tank War that came out last year. It's actually quite um, nice, actually. I, I, love I love the figure. I actually I got the Canon for 99 cents with free shipping from China just today. I found this at Goodwill for a quarter. I know, wow. right? Best buck and a half I ever spent. <laughs> uh, right? Uh, seriously, though, uh, just t take into account you know, the fact that it's based on Cybertron. You don't have any real major things to, to scan, you know, uh, and I think it went over real well for what they were trying to do. Not saying it did well in comparison to other lines or other series, uh, but for what it was, I, I think it was really well done. Uh, I mean, you had these these vehicle modes in the Viacon Generals and the drones. They were alien looking. They looked like alien technology. This doesn't even look like a, any kind of an H tank even, uh, or or regular like Abrams. Uh, it was its own thing. Uh, Obsidian, you know, was was uh, wonderful. It's one of my favorites. Uh, the robot modes didn't conform to the to the regular standard of you know a, a robot mode where he's got to have a specific type of nose and uh, you know ar arm structure. You, I mean, you you had figures like uh, oh, what's a good example? Uh, thrust. Strike and Th thrust. He 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 stood on his wheel in the show. Jetstorm. He he almost never used. I don't think they ever used his legs in the show. He just had the the vertical thrusters. Yeah. Uh, on the bottom, you know. Well, Jim, let me. Stryka Stry Stry would hover on her feet. Uh-huh. Well, Jim, let me ask you this. If we had gotten a Botanica toy, hmm. I would buy Were her, yeah, would her being a plant-based transformer have been considered a gimmick since it's so, since it's so different? I think so. Possibly. It's almost like... Because you look at Beast Charge Changer, which was a Savage Noble toy. I love that. And oh, that it's, it's just it. a toy that fits in the line, and they gave it a specific gimmick, which uh -huh. was that middle spark chest thing that didn't yeah. work. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the gimmick. I th I think th I think you're you're blurring the lines between gimmick uh and price point and just general design theory. Yeah. Well, you know, I I I well, of those 3, each one probably shapes the other when you're looking at a looking at creating a figure. So there's going to be some blurring there anyway. Right. Just and, just like, like 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 with Armada the gimmick was minicons. You know. Um, yeah, and then you had a character like uh, Cyclonus in Armada, who was the only one that you could plug a minicon in and flick the uh, the 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 button in the back, and you would make the minicon shoot or the line drop. Yeah, those those um, I, I, those those were like four. Yeah, I, though. Okay, so then yeah, again, so you had the was, uh, uh, and you had overload, or was it? Yeah, overload. Yeah, overload. That essentially had a headmaster gimmick. Because yeah. you know, that was a great one. Starscream had Swindle that uh, could connect up under the under the nose cone, and and add to the add to the front of the jet. 
It also, um, on the, and, when he did that, also it also have, unlocked other like sound features when you did that. Yeah. You also have the uh, the Star Saber, like that. Ah. Well, that <laughs> yeah. just, just absolutely. He, just went, he went to his drawer and just like, I'm going to grab this many mini cons. I just went. Well, okay. Well, now before oh, we get here, it is. <laughs> before we get too far into our Armada, and we're going to finish up Beast Machines. Okay. We are, we are forgetting one of the most important toy lines with some of the best figures we've ever gotten. One, two, three, Transformers. Dawn, Machine Dad. Wars. Dawn. Machine Wars. No. Oh, Machine no. Wars doesn't count because Machine Wars was it was like okay. a rehash with but, a lot uh, of reissues. Well, actually, if it might count in reverse because all the gimmicks were gutted. All the missile firing, all the uh, all the sight features, all it was all gooded. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like a reverse gimmick. Sorry. The well, even the transformation of some of the ones, just they're flip changers. That's a gimmick itself. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But I was talking about robots, robots in disguise. disguise. Oh. Well, then again, you have uh, the Optimus and the Magnus that actually combine together. Yep. Uh, and That's Pan Megatron. Mm, yeah. Turned any, and, and he he transformed anywhere from six to fifteen different things. Now, well, you mentioned triple changers back in when we were we were talking about Generation One. When did uh, a multiple changer like that was advertised as like a triple changer, six changer, what have you? I think Megatron was the first six changer since six shot. What six shot? And yep. technically, he had ten modes, but uh, they just weren't advertised until uh, Devil Gigatron. Uh, yeah, Galvatron. Well, what, wasn't yeah. wasn't there a mold variation between the U.S. and Japanese releases that actually added I'm to and gave those? Not, I'm those? not aware. No, there, there, there is. So, um, you guys called him Megatron. This is Galvatron, especially. Right? It was Megatron for the black one, and the white one was yeah. uh, uh, so, Galvatron. So Meg- right. Both of them used the same mode when it got to America. Both mm-hmm. were using the Devil Gigatron mode, whereas in Japan, right. if you have Gigatron and Devil Gigatron, he can't actually Gigatron can't actually do the final four forms because he miss he his peg is too large for where it would form the remaining elephant and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You can't actually do it with the Japanese mode. I thought so. Hmm. I was unaware of that. Yep. Converts now to robot know. to mangle piece of purple crap and back again. Well, I'm just I'm just happy it. it um, <clears throat> sorry, actually talking about gimmicks uh, from beast for beast machines. Actually, Megatron head mode. You take yes. out all his little spiny legs. You can merge him with Fortress Max. Yes, I love that. Happy uh, Actually, a gimmick that we you know, this does go with RID, but also go back to G2. The spy changers were also the size of Hot Wheels, and you could use those on Hot Wheel like racetracks and stuff. Oh yeah. Well, hey Rick, did, didn't the package say on the on on the on the spy changers compatible with other major brand tracks or something along those lines? I don't I'm trying recall to remember. That. I, 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 I uh, hold on a second. I actually have a package spy changer. Let me go grab okay. it. Okay. Because I, yeah, I thought. Because I, I thought there was something on the package that made a reference to being compatible with major track sets or something along those lines. 
right then. I, I may be misremembering, but here's a. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, this would be the, the same as like getting like the uh, hot, hot shot and crosswise or any of that two packs. But as I'm looking, well, they have at this, hot shot and rev. <laughs> hot shot and rev. That, it's translucent. He's uh, also got the spring-loaded arm. I'm not seeing anything. Okay, maybe maybe I, maybe I was just misremembering, but I thought it said something yeah. about being compatible with other. I mean, they they are, but I I yeah, I'm not seeing it on here. Uh, For some reason, I I don't know if it was on that. It might have been because they came on different. Um, oh God, there was I, so it many. might actually. You know what? It might actually be on the G2 packaging. That's possible. Okay. Coincidentally, this is the very first Transformer my wife ever bought me. Just throwing that out there. And mm. another one I want to actually point out about the Spy Changers is they didn't all just come in just a solid color. They came in translucent colors, which I think that was yep. also another gimmick just to re-release. Would that mean when you consider that a gimmick? Maybe. In itself? It's like a variant kind of thing? Not, not sure. But that, you're talking about like the, the universe, like the... the uh, family Dollar Dollar General releases, right? Mm-hmm. From like 06? Well, KB actually had a few that came out that were well, completely yeah. different color, and they were all translucent. I, I myself, I've got the entire line of like all the spy changers except for the – there's a Junsco Toys you know version. I, I don't have those yet. I think I might and have the lucky drawers. you don't have. So. I'll have to send you a PM with it, but I'm – Pretty sure it it's about this long and it's yellow on the front and blue in the back. Um, a, a spy changer that's this long? Mm-hmm. It's more of a vehicle, actually. I think I know what you're talking about. Is it one well, of the launching trucks? One day you're going to have to come over. <laughs> yeah, one day. Gonna have to. Uh, speaking of coming uh, over, I'm moving to Massachusetts, so if you want to come over and help me pack, you... uh, <laughs> I have to call my boss and see if he'll be okay with that. <laughs> but uh, okay, now let's let's kind of change gears here. I know we, we uh, haven't covered uh, season two. Yes, gears. <laughs> Another transformer pun here. Uh, <laughs> let's kind of change gears here. I know we haven't covered every year of Transformers, and we really, frankly, don't have the time to cover every year. Um, let's talk about broad covering uh, gimmicks. I mean, we've talked uh, talked about specific lines having specific gimmicks and everything. We know that, like, Armada, the gimmick was the Minicons. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, your, oh, well, your toys had all kinds of these little, little ports to, like, stick your your mini cons all over them. I have to admit, I always thought it was kind of odd that you'd want to just take little transformers and stick them all over. It was like bedazzle your transformers with them. Yeah. Yo dog, yeah. I heard you like transformers, so I figured you'd stick transformers on your transformers. <laughs> you know, you'd be, uh, you'd be I, pimping I all, my transformers. Yeah. <laughs> but, I got all the mini cons. Great. Can you move? No. Yeah. <laughs> That would be Megatron. Have you tried putting every like filling up every single port of his like for the yeah. minicons? It's amazing because you tap him and he just falls over. He can't yeah. sustain his, his stability. This is my question: Which Armada figure has the most minicon ports? 
Was it Unicron? Unicron. 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 I don't know if it was Unicron or Primus, because Primus has quite a few. Well, that, well that, Primus came in a different line. Oh, that's right. You're right. And, and it also think, depends on. If I just think it's the, funny how that just like that whole mini con thing just transitioned from one line yeah. into, another, into another, and now even generations figures. Yeah, and, and and that can even vary on how many versions or how many uh, repeats of the skateboard you use, because then you can just perpetually add mini cons forever. Mm. Oh, uh, going back to uh, real quick to a topic that we were, uh, you were talking about, Don. Uh, the G2 packaging for GoBots advertised high-speed racing axles axles on the card. Uh, okay. uh, credit okay. to uh, Jason Tate for, uh, for that. Okay, all right, cool. I thought I saw it written on there somewhere at one time. Yeah, I but um, must have been a reference. But you know, men, uh, you know, Armada had the mini cons where you could like. Plug, you know, all kinds of mini cons and little uh, small transformers all over it. I, I have to admit, back in the day, I, I really, it was really difficult for me to to latch on board with that that gimmick. Uh, I like the mini cons themselves, uh, much in the same way I love MicroMasters. You know, you just got little little tiny transformers, uh, and I, I love that. But honestly, whenever I displayed them. Back uh, back in the early 2000s, whenever they were out, I mainly displayed them by themselves. Or if like Star Saber, this is the only time I would combine them together and interact them with larger Transformers. Mm -hmm. um, I, I just didn't care about the bedazzled jewelry aspect of trans uh, of the of the mini cons. So, uh, although that was the main selling point. Gotta uh, catch them all. Yeah. Well, one of the main selling points for Armada Prime was the simple fact he had all the crazy electronics. Like, as you're transforming him, the trailer would transform. Uh, or it should. Yeah. And like, now that super base Transforming prime, pants. And now that same super base prime turns into glitter whenever you try to transform glitter. it. <laughs> that, that, that was a great gimmick, but it just never... Because if it was a great gimmick in execution, we would have seen it again by now in some fashion. But it was a really interesting thing. I remember the BotCon when they came out. A guy had that Armada Prime out in the lobby, and he was just transforming it back and forth with that, chunking the Prime in different locations. We were like, I absolutely, I absolutely loved the cab on on Armada Super Base Prime. Yeah. But as a combined trailer form, the uh, that that the the combined robot mode. I absolutely hated that. I hated it. It was too I mean, super pants. It too, was it was like it was too much packed into one toy. It's like it was overly ambitious. I mean, if 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 you just had that that awesome uh, awesome uh, cab, I, I love the way it transformed. It was a great figure by itself, and just have the trailer split open and become a base, yeah. like G1 Prime. It didn't have to look like the G1 Prime. I'm not saying that, but have it become some kind of like gun platform or something other. But then you get Jetfire that becomes oh, a pair of pants for him. The whole uh, the whole yeah. auto transforming gimmick that did not work for me at all. I hated that toy, and it just never stayed together for me. But you know what? You know what's weird, Jordan, is you you reminded me. I'm. It's been bugging me for weeks. That new Robots in Disguise J Japanese Adventures figure, the leader class Optimus. Mm. You finally reminded me who that reminds me of. Super Pants Prime. Because mm -hmm. huh. he has the big long legs in the A stance. 
Mm -hmm. He has the nice upper body, but he's all just legs. Yeah. So thank you, because that's been bugging me for weeks on who he Wait, reminds me Wait, are we talking about TAV21? Yeah. Yeah, the, the visual Possible, look of, you know. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying the visual look at him reminds <laughs> me a lot of Super Pants Prime. Those legs go all the way up. So talking about Optimus, uh, do you prefer the Armada Optimus to the Power Rangers Optimus from Energon? I prefer Fire Convoy, the best Optimus outside Masterpieces. I actually didn't. I have to agree with you. I like the Cybertron Prime. I I didn't mind the Energon one. Uh, and I, I don't recall where I heard this, uh, so I mean, chalk this up to he tell me, uh, unless somebody can Google it. Um, but if I recall, I want to say the Energon Prime was designed specifically as an homage to Super Sentai and, you know, by extension Power Rangers, uh, intentionally. Uh, the, the, the way I understood it was uh, someone who was influential in Super Sentai had, uh, I guess, passed away. And they designed that Optimus uh, as kind of a tribute to him. Well, I also caught wind during the whole time that came out was the simple fact that they were trying to compete with Power Rangers without directly, just because of the gimmick. Eh. Yeah, and what? Because I, from what I remember, I think it was Hasbro who led the design on on those three series. So I think the designs would have come first from Hasbro and then went to Takara, so it wouldn't make sense for Hasbro to um, pay well, homage or respect to someone from uh, Super Sentai. Did, didn't Aaron have a lot to do with uh, the design of that Prime? Yeah, he did. He, he did. Um, and I remember him yeah. telling me the original trailer was very different. I think the trailer actually stood up and became more of a base for the figures to deploy from. And then wow. Butch's Cuts eventually brought it back to where the doors just come open and they just slide out. Wow. Hmm. I hear Massey. But yeah, <laughs> uh, they were trying to compete with Power Rangers, so it it, uh, it would make sense that if they're going to do something like Power Rangers, they do it with the one of the most popular characters at the biggest price point that can support that, which is Op, you know, Optimus. Yeah, yeah. That, that that's the big story I heard with that one was the simple fact they're trying to directly, you know, compete with Power okay. Rangers and Bandai. So. I I remember something uh, uh, a few years back. Well, it's, it was during Energon. Uh, whenever uh, Insane Galvatron and I were talking about uh, that Optimus Prime, he was either referred to, uh, referred to as Fatimus Prime. Mm -hmm. Or, <laughs> or go go Optimus Prime. Yeah, go go I, Optimus Prime. <laughs> I, I, I just, I, I, I want to say one thing about that though that that's always bothered me, is the the the, the Fatimus Prime label, because I mean if, if you if you look at it and look at the molding, the figure doesn't actually have a gut. It's just it's more the the boxy proportion that lends itself to that. But uh, the biggest part of that was. The way the wheel wells are on the hips, uh, which is not dissimilar from G1 Prime, by the way. Uh, but the way they hang off like that, it, it kind of gives that appearance because you've got the the uh, uh, the fender that goes he, over the top of them, and it gives them kind of a rounded appearance. Round. Yeah, he's very round. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, with, it's those fenders, with, I think, is the main with thing. The, with the chicken leg underneath, I mean, he, he looks like your well, stereotypical beer gut 
guy from the south, you know, with the with the little chicken legs and the big old beard. Kind of kind of like how I'm built. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I think it looks more like something out of Looney Tunes, where where a character's hiding in the box and they just the legs come out the bottom and they just kind of walk. So it's like a, a walking box. Yeah. But, but think about it though. On a des- design on a design level, if if you knew that he was going to be combining with all these other other components, you want to try to keep him in some kind of scale to look normal once he's merged with everything else. I guess that kind of made up for the fact but that he has tiny and arms and. <laughs> Yeah, that does make a lot of sense. They're still competing with Power Rangers. That's all I'm saying. Around that time, too, didn't uh, Power Rangers have a a semi that was like part dinosaur or something? Wasn't that around the same time? Uh, No. I think that was a whole line of toys I never got into. That uh, that was later. That was much later. Was it? Okay. I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. And that no, that was. Later. Yeah, that, that thing was just hideous looking. I'm sorry. But anyway, now the thing is, um, I want to talk about something that is a little more broad spectrum and less line specific, like the mini cons and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, in general. Uh, you had light piping, which we talked about earlier. We had light piping. Yes, uh, we had we had light piping. Uh, what about lights and sounds gimmicks? Uh, I think this is one of the most often uh, hated on gimmicks. And I'll be honest, there are some Transformers absolutely would be a fantastic toy if it weren't for the damn electronic sounds and uh, lights and sounds. Oh, Revenge of the well, Fallen, Optimus Prime. Every two seconds, you put that toy down. He says mm-hmm. something, and it's yeah. cool to have Peter Cullen's voice in the tr- in the toy. But every two seconds, you put that thing down. It's just like Armada Jetfire, that gun. I, I was gonna you say put that gun. Yeah, you put that gun anywhere in like a bag or anything. Never move from one city to another city with a long road trip and have Armada Jetfire in a box in the bottom floorboard in the back seat. I, I what about Silverbolt? Silverbolt. The, the leader class Silverbolt with the machine gun noise when you press a button from the top I, into the yes. gun. Yes. got that figure. Yes. Yes. I, it was, you, you, you're not wrong about the moving. That made a mistake. Yeah. I, like, I had the I box had, in my I car and every time I shifted, oh crap, what is that? I had a lot worse problem with Power Glide than I did uh-huh. Uh huh. Silver Bolt. Yep. Yeah. Wait, what was Power? The Power Glide had the. Didn't he uh, have the uh, Millennium Falcon noises? Well, yeah, he had like the swooping <laughs> yes. sounds and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, um, yeah, but one of the best, like lights and sound thing. I know some people's gonna hate on me about this, but G two Prime. That is a good example. I love that one. I'm it sorry. I example. like the Wait, voice box. I like the sounds, and it made freaking like the semi truck noise. It was great. And then well, the Laser Prime right after that. Yeah, Laser Prime's a good example of it. And I'll tell you another good example of lights and sound that does not impede transformation or anything like that. And it's standing right here. Uh, you know, Metroplex. He's I thought you were going to Devastator. No, he's got lights, <laughs> he's got sounds and everything, and it uh, and he is in no way impeded by that gimmick. And uh, to me, that is a good use of that. 
I don't mind lights and sound as long as it doesn't impede the transformation, doesn't impede the looks of the toy or the stability of the toy. A, a good example of, uh, of bad stability uh, caused from it is the original Armada Starscream uh, Seeker mold. That voice box or that sound box that, uh, that was on the uh, mm -hmm. back between the uh, the, the afterburners. Right. Um, if it would have been able to fold down, it would have had a, the stability of this toy, similar. Um, but uh, as it was, it was very back heavy. That's so why you. I, I don't know if you had that issue. I had the. I actually had the Skyward version of that. I never had any problems with falling over. You you, you know you, you there, there's heels that flip out right. that flip out. It never fell over. Yeah, he. It it would it would. <laughs> but. I don't care my tables or my shelves. Uh, Jason Tate says uh, he hates lots and sounds unless that sound is a transformation sound. Now, that, that's another thing. How many Transformers that have the sound gimmick actually have the G1 transforming sound? Uh, can we can we name them all? I mean, I know no, there's... Nobody in G1. Many. No. Ar Armada Overload. Armada Overload had it. Mm -hmm. uh, the Fallen Optimus, didn't uh, have it? Silverbolt from Universe, I, I think. Ooh, uh, ooh. Animated um, Ultra Magnus and the Roadbuster. Ah. Uh, that one, I'm sorry. When I, yeah, it, it makes the transformation noise. Yeah. It is so, so freaking awesome. I was like, that's what made that toy the best thing yeah. ever. I'm sorry. Total ownage, man. Two, Total 2007 ownage. role play Optimus Prime helmet. It counts. I never it opened counts. mine. I've got like six of those, and I never. Sound is the gimmick it itself. Oh, wait, Sound doesn't is... the Bumblebee like gun thing do the same thing? I think so. Yeah. Pretty sure. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird you bring that up because a couple years ago I was talking to the guys at Hasbro at BotCon, and I asked them, and I don't remember what toy it was. It was that exact reason the toy at the time had the transformation sound. It might have been Magnus, and I asked them. The problem is with this chip in these toys, the transformation sound is either way too short for the toy you're transforming or it's like pitched wrong. It's like really high. Oh, come on, Don. Quit nitpicking it. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I mean, I, mean I, was just, I, was just, I was explaining to him the different things, you know. You know, if you're transforming, for, generally the way it used to be, if you're transforming from robot to vehicle mode, the pitch went down. Mm -hmm. If you went vehicle to robot, the pitch went up. Oh, I see I was, what you're saying. Yeah, this and I was cool. just saying that would, would it cost that much more to have longer transformation sound? So it, while you're transforming the toy, you have the sound. And they told us you, they have to buy these chips in certain storage capacities. And it's either too, it's either that short or a whole lot longer, which costs more to record more sounds. There, to it. there was a, so, a figure that I had recently. I'm, I'm trying to remember what it was, but it, it actually did that. It, it when it went to vehicle mode, it transformed down in, in the sound, and then robot mode went yeah. up. But this, this was that was though. I'm trying to remember what that is too. That's very yeah. That sounds familiar. That's, yeah. that's a recent one. But you know, back, back but back when I asked them, this was you know. Earlier in the life cycle of the figure, but again, that's why I asked him that because the transformation sound is like a three-second clip or four-second clip, 
and you've got this big figure, and it's like you're done. But that was their reason. Correct me if I'm wrong. But whenever, whenever you're wrong. the um, <laughs> they had the Nerf gun that came out, that was an uh. gun. Didn't the Megatron sword make the transformation noise when you like? Yeah, I have, I have, no. I have that sword, but I this don't know where that. This is movie stuff. This is pre-movie. This is yeah, like this is of, or, Armada, or right? Cybertron. Yeah. Energon. It was Energon. Energon, yeah. I know it was yeah. one of those. You know, I've got the sword, not the gun. Now, since we're kind of on the topic right now, and and it is power glide. Is it power, power glide? Did, I believe did make that sound. Power glide. I remember that because Theo did a review, and it was like he did the. Uh, it was like a repaint. It wasn't that one. It was like the black one or something like that because, you know, he's all about black and purple. So, yeah, he was doing that, and he's just like, it, it makes the noise. <laughs> <laughs> it's you, man. Come on. Yeah, Jason Tate also says uh, one of those uh, simple flip changers uh, they uh, they make now could possibly be timed to change at the same rate as the transforming sound. That would be sweet. You know I mean? It's like mm -hmm. it, it's just flip changes, but – you know, that well, would be like so cool. One, stop, one step Grimlock, seriously. When they decided to release that toy, they could have easily incorporated that noise when you do that. Was that the $80 Grimlock? Yeah, the oh, big no. one, the oversized, yeah. gigantic thing that actually already had electronic gimmicks in it. So it's like, yeah. why doesn't it make an electronics? Well, you know, while we're on the uh, on the subject of the transforming sound, and it and it is it is relevant because it is kind of a gimmick of the Transformers. What exactly is Hasbro's stance on that transforming sound? I mean, originally it was a hallmark. I mean, uh, even now, older people like us, uh, whenever you hear that transforming sound, eyes light up and go, ooh, that's the transforming sound from that Transformer show years and years ago. Why, have they, why did they move away from that? Any, any insight on that, Rick? I... I I don't know. Just... Um, no, there's um, you know, you're you're talking more about a show thing rather than a toy thing. Hmm. So well, seeing uh, how it's, uh, I mean, we we have some toys with that sound in it, hmm. uh, and the thing is, is that that was one of the things whenever I was a kid. And I would play with my G1 Transformers, and I, I would almost guarantee each and every one of you, too, did the same thing. Yeah. You're it's there. You know. Yeah. We've all got that tick, tick, tick. You know, or Again, like, you know it really comes down to uh, personal uh, interest. Uh, I can tell you with the shows, the films, it comes down to everyone who's in that creative position wants to make it their own and make it unique to them, which mm. is why characters change, colors change, alt modes change, mm. uh, voice actors change. Um, I it's a little harder to speak on that part to the toys because I wasn't involved with any toys that had that feature in it. I, I so. almost wonder if maybe they might be uh, transitioning away from it in some capacity. Uh, because well, it, it, it does have, have well, are. right, but, but but it does kind of have a kind of an old school sound to it. Uh, where, I mean, anytime we've heard it in in some more recent series, it, it has sound it's been similar of a sound, 
but it but it sounded more more modern, more. Uh, let, let, let's, it's like they let, enhanced it, added like an echo or something, or they just kind of extend it with like well, a, some kind of servo noises or something. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds smoother. You know, you, you you hear more more metallic noises than you do more more static clunky sounds. Yeah, and that's uh, that's the influence of the films on that. Right. Yeah. Right. Now, um, well, I mean, Prime, like Transformers Prime, was a, a perfect example of that. Yes. How often yeah. did you hear it? Like, it might be like a quick, like, you know, transformation sound, but there was like some kind of something added to it, like every time almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Now. We've we've talked about many many gimmicks, and I'm sure there's some that we missed because well we've only got about a two two and a half hour show, so uh, it's impossible to cover them all in one. But there's a lot of stuff that we've 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 touched on, and uh, I want to go to each one of uh, us before we move on to our, our final topic here. I want to uh, give uh, Rick a chance to talk about Jet Strike uh, here uh, momentarily. But um, I want to ask each one of uh, everybody on the show tonight, and then I also want to ask you, the listener, uh, what's your favorite and least favorite, just one uh, gimmick that has been used in Transformers? Uh, I want to listen uh, all the listeners that, if you're listening, tweet us at TFYLP uh, and tell us, uh, tell us what's your favorite and least favorite gimmicks in the Transformers franchise history are. Uh, Don, since you're uh, first on my screen, I'll ask you, what's your favorite and least favorite? I guess, I guess my favorite would be, it's, it's the low-hanging fruit, but it, it would be combining. Uh, just because we've gotten so many good teams and so many great characters from the concept, uh, it would have to be combining, I think, is my, is my favorite gimmick. Least favorite would be Minicons, because... They ruined a lot of good toys to incorporate a gimmick that usually didn't do much on its own. Mm. I love the mini cons by themselves, but you know, I I gotta disagree with you on the mini cons. But uh, but I mean, that's I I, I I do see your point, Rick. How about you? Uh, favorite, you know, combining is always going to be one of the things I I love the most. Um, but I definitely have a gimmick that I hate and I've always hated and that's the pretenders. I mean, literally you you pop this guy's belt off. It's a shell. That's all it is. It's a shell. There's, there is zero play value to this. I disagree. I love the designs. Uh, but you love the designs, you love the characters, but it could have been executed way better it, it, than it was. It could have been done better, and I hope there's someone out there who can do it better one day. I, I believe there is. Yeah, because then, then, we, then we'd be able to play with this too. Yeah. Um, Jim, how about you? Well, uh, as far as my favorite, as well as my most, uh, or rather least liked, I don't want to say hate because I love this brand. I always have, but I, I can't bring myself to use the, the term hate in that context. Um, they're both the, general. They are both the same gimmick, uh, oddly enough. My favorite gimmick is, uh, like Don said, uh, the combination, co- combining with other figures to make uh, you know larger, more powerful forms, uh, weapons, what have you. 
that includes, you know, the combiners, the uh, mini cons, uh, enter John shirt and pants modes, uh, land cross. Um, I mean, just the, the possibilities of that were, were are so limitless. Uh, land cross alone, if you factor in all the weapons and assault modes, you know, uh, duplicates and whatnot, you can build up to 73 different alternate configurations with the multi force. Um, I've I counted. I had a little chart with the 37, not 73. Well, like I said, if you count the duplicates, like if you have two of waiver or two of dash, uh, you know, one with the gun, one without the gun. Anyway, as, as I, I was picking nets with that one. Um, however, my least favorite, and this might make some folks mad, so so I apologize. My least favorite is oddly enough the Scramble City style. Simply because it is so overused. Uh, don't get me wrong. I love the ability to, to alternate arms with legs and right with left and all this, that, and the other. That, that's that, that's phenomenal. That adds so much to play value, but it has been so overused that that seems to be the only thing that people think of when they think combiner. What, what about Rail Racer, uh, uh, Build King, you know, uh, Landfill? Yeah. That, that was an amazing combination. You had the the upper torso or either leg in a in a three way combination style, and the, I love the animation. You also had the just you know because I'm not the expert here with Beast Wars, but you also have those. Tripartacus, well. yeah, Tripartacus, Magna Boss, uh, Ma uh, what was it? Uh, the Magmatron. Magmatron. Uh, Train I mean, Boss. The, the, yeah, JRX, Raiden, even, uh, and and Devastator, the original Devastator. Granted, he had a, a plate, a purple plate for thighs, but still. Road Caesar. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah, where he had a transformer as each leg, and the, the third guy all formed the rest of the bot. Um, but even so, there are so many varying ways you can combine these. Uh, even uh, Armada Perceptor. I mean, just ingenious ways and ideas that are being underutilized in favor of just the generic, I'll form an arm, I'll form a leg, I'll be the torso. Uh, so that, that, that's, that's, I guess what you say, what, what grinds my gears about that. But, uh, yeah. What about, uh, what about you? <laughs> Sweet. Um, I guess favorite is a toss up between action masters and micro masters. Um, micro masters because <clears throat> I really love the whole having a playset, you know, like a city to, for the transformers mm -hmm. to be in, but you couldn't do that with... Anything pre MicroMaster, just because, like Metroplex is about the same height as a as as one of the combiners, mm -hmm. so that was never going to work. But with the MicroMasters, I could do that. I could have the rocket base. I could have the little bases. That'd be perfect. And Action Masters is more in scale as well with that, and they have their own bases and 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 vehicles that transform into something like bases, and that works out really well. So I, I guess I really like that tail end of that that period, and I kind of wish I bought more of it. Um. Most hated? Does, does lights and sounds count as the gimmick to most hate? Because that's what I really, really hate. I hate having batteries in my transformers. I hate forgetting that the batteries are in my transformers and then they corrode the electronics. Yes. You know, that's an interesting thing. Uh, whenever I still have my G1 Shockwave, I, I got it out of storage. I hadn't played with it. Let's see here. I got it in, when did Shockwave come out? Was it 86? 85. 85. Okay, so I got it in 85, and I never touched that toy again. Uh, uh, well, I played with it up until probably 88, 89, 
Yeah, I think 89 is where I put, when I put my Transformers away because once it started getting into the Action Masters and stuff, I just lost all interest. And um, I, uh, I, I put them in storage, but as a kid, I had no wherewithal, no forethought, hey, I better take the batteries out of this damn thing. Okay, fast forward to an adult. My mom and dad had found my collection, brought, uh, brought the collection up from Flo- back from Florida whenever they moved back, and it was in a big old box. Okay, I'm taking my whole collection out of this box. I find my G1 Shockwave. This is late 99 or so. Uh, you know, Fox Kids repaints Beast Wars are mm-hmm. on the shelf. Uh, Beast Machines are starting to trickle in. Yes. And I'm rediscovering my collection. Find that G1 Shockwave. Put the put the end back on the, uh, on the uh, thing and pull the trigger. This is 1999, uh, so 11 years, I guess. Yeah. Son of a bitch, still worked. <laughs> still worked, same battery and everything. Had not corroded. I took it out eventually. But I'm like, the same, I think it was like a 9 volt that was in there, was in there from whenever I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And it shocked the living hell out of me. And uh, the first, first time I owned an Omega Supreme, uh, I bought it at a, at a comic shop in Lexington, A plus comics. Uh, I bought it there and, uh, the guy had just got it in, hadn't even had it in the display case. I came in and he said, he said, Hey, I got something for you. I want you to look at it. And it was Omega Supreme. I transformed it, put him in his, in his base mode, turned the button on because, uh, it looked like it's the batteries were in there. And the batteries have been in there since 85, 86, and he still went on around the track. Uh, he made a full revolu- revolution around the track on his original batteries. Uh, that they, just blew my mind. They just don't mind. make them like that anymore. They sure don't. I, I have to ask, in, in the Shockwave and in the Omega Supreme, do you happen to recall, it might, might be a little petty, but do you recall the brand of the batteries that were used? I want to say they're just Duracells. I wouldn't have been surprised if they were ever ready because back then the whole like silver thing with the black cat going through stuff yeah. was like a big thing yeah. for the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that the, the one that I had in my shockwave was a Duracell though. Okay. I, Cause I just, I, I distinctly remember a, a Duracell. Mm-hmm. Now the Omega Supreme might've been a, a, an ever ready. I'm not sure, but all right, Jason, how about you? Me, the yeah. gimmick guy. Oh, good Lord. Uh, <laughs> you only got to pick one. <laughs> I know, right? Um, I'll be honest with you. Lights and sounds, I think, is probably my favorite because it, like like we were talking about, like with Shockwave, I mean, you had Galvatron that did the same thing with all the noises and stuff with, like, the gun modes and such. But Omega Supreme, when I was a kid, I had one. I had Omega Supreme. I think that was probably my third Transformer I got. And I loved it because it was a gigantic base with a moving tank, and then you could put it in a mode and make it walk. And its eye lit up and everything. I was like, that just blew my mind because it was like the coolest thing in the world when I was a kid. And really, that's why I think G2 is kind of like my baby now because I love it. Um, <laughs> uh, things I hate. Spring-loaded, like, auto, auto motors. Those things drive me nuts because sometimes it hampers the way a toy can transform. Beast if you Wars don't have it, 
there's there's so many of them in the line that if the thing if the spring didn't hold up right, it wouldn't transform correctly. Or the Power Claw really comes to mind. Uh, I I love that tool uh, toy, but that damn claw with that that spring loaded thing mm-hmm. hardly will stay in there. I mean, you got you, you got to get it in there just right. But if yep. you if you barely bump that sucker, out it comes. It's like right. I mean, I love <laughs> I mean, and I love the missile launching gimmicks. But when you go in and you're putting together your de- your devastator and you barely bump a shelf and it shoots his freaking fist off. It's like, it drives you nuts. Cause it's like, why didn't it not lock in? Right. You know, but I mean, I can, I see where the spring loaded gimmick is helpful, but usually when it comes into like when you're transforming it and there's like an automorph or something and it doesn't want to work right. Or say it works too hard. Cause remember that one prime that I don't know if you guys watch Vault matrix, but he hit the button and it springs up you know, that prime's head and his head just literally launched off the body. <laughs> is, that, is that the movie? I mean, yeah. I mean, seriously, yeah. spring loaded gimmicks are cool, but if you're going to have a head launch off an Optimus, please give me a missile that can fire clear across the room. Now, yeah. and, and, and another thing a lot of people don't think about when it comes to spring loaded gimmicks is to roll back the pullback cars that you let go. Mm-hmm. So annoying. Oh, you get one of those, it doesn't work. It's like, I don't know. I mean, I, I've got all the European-powered masters. You guys remember mm-hmm. all of those? Mm-hmm. Stacks and Mean Streak yep. and those. Those are great when they work. I've seen them where they don't, and it's like, throw the thing away. It just sucks. <laughs> I don't know. It's a spring-loaded gimmicks kind of drive me a bit crazy. Yeah. My, uh, my favorites um, – a lot of people may be surprised. I, I love Handmasters. That's my probably my second favorite, honestly. But honestly, my very favorite li- uh, is light piping. Uh, and our, uh, this uh, generation's Armada Starscream is a great example of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, if you get just the right lighting on that, it looks like this toy is alive with that with the glow in the eyes, uh, and it just fires the imagination in me, and I, I love it. Absolutely love light piping. It irritates the hell out of me whenever we have light piping on a toy and it's either obscured by something behind the head or it's uh, or the eyes are freaking painted over. It's like, why the hell have it have it then? You know, or you got something as awesome as this thing and where's the light piping? I mean, come on, this thing mm-hmm. is phenomenal, and you tell me that wouldn't be awesome if that head. Didn't have, I mean, if that thing had it, light piping, it would have been an extra part. Couldn't do it. Seriously. <laughs> no, seriously, it's great without light piping. I don't know it's why you guys talk fixed about later on, but, you know. Yeah, I, I love, I love light piping. Now, my least favorite gimmick um, is from the current line, and this kind of goes back to what uh, uh, Rick and I were talking about pre-show. Uh, is from the current line. This, uh, this little scan thing. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of okay. It's neat right now here in 2015. That's, that's nice. Uh, you know, being able to scan that thing and play that, uh, play that character in a toy or, or, or in a, in a game rather, but, uh, 15, 20 years from now, that little scan thing is just going to be a round flat eyesore yep. on this toy. And I'm like, 
it's not going to amount to a, a, a damn hill of beans. Uh, and the thing is, if and I know that it's not really a consideration whenever you release toys here in the U.S., but this, uh, the Transformers Adventure Gregovore, okay, that scan, that scan bar on there, I don't think that works in the U.S. market because mm-hmm. it's, it's got different colors on it and everything. It doesn't. Um, um, there's a Prime that's come out that's like a large one. It's really, really, really big. And I can't remember. GAV21. That one. Yeah. The great thing about that one, it's actually got like a wheel on his shoulder so you can actually switch it. And it's got two of the scan things. They don't work here in the States. But it also will switch over to an, an, a regular Autobot logo, so it actually hides itself. So yeah. now, I mean, I've, they have implemented I've got something a, like that on those guys. I've got a caveat. I, I think the the concept is sound. Uh, you know, having uh, you know, you buy a new toy and you uh, and you unlock the playability of that character in the game. I, I think it's really neat. However, uh, the Yes, Cass. Uh, <laughs> however, I don't want it on the toy itself. You know, give me a freaking tech spec. That's another gimmick that yep. is a lost art. A flipping te- tech spec. I don't care how it's shaped. I love the original long tech specs that was on the G1 toys. But the flipping tech spec. Because <laughs> uh, so many toys today are based on characters that aren't that do not have a characterization in a uh, in the comic book or the cartoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in Generation One, there was a lot of characters like that, like like poor little Weird Wolf here. He barely had any co- uh, characterization in the American cartoon. I mean, I think Monzo spoke like one line. Weird Wolf himself had none. You know, so the only characterization you really had with him beyond the Headmaster comics uh, from Marvel was the tech specs. And that is a lost art. Transformers need to have tech specs. Uh, and if like these uh, these uh, RID t- uh, 2015 figures, put some kind of scannable QR code in the tech spec. You know, it's not going to kill anything. It's uh, and and after it goes by the wayside, five, ten, fifteen years from now, um, you're not going to care if it's uh, making an eyesore on the toy. I mean, you don't have this big flat spot with a with a fadeable sticker on it. Um, that, that it's just a little minor pet peeve, mine. Uh, honestly, I would like to see maybe because I know Repro Labels actually makes stuff for some of those figures, but why doesn't why don't we why can't Repro Labels possibly make like a specialized sticker that could go over that? Okay. Like make it silver, yeah, like a big silver thing with like a big Autobot logo or Decepticon logo, and that will fix most of that problem. Yeah. If they really would just release like a whole sheet of those things you can buy. Yeah, you mean uh, like rub symbols? Wait. Or a rub sign, yes, please. That would be sick. Okay. Like the they they already make. All right. Uh, they make round ones? Rick, uh, Rick uh, why, why you still got battery life here, let's talk a little bit about Jet Strike. Uh, I know we, we've been going a little bit long here, but this was a big topic. Let me uh, share this real quick here. Cool. The, uh, uh, wow. And he just fell off. Oh uh, no! Dark uh, crap. That's what we get for going along. Yeah. Damn. We we will we will 
We yeah. will do more. We will do it first thing next episode. Well, I'll, I'll have Michael and crew because I'll be in I'll be in Kansas at TF uh, TF Expo. Um, we but, love you, uh, Rick. <laughs> Sorry about that, man. Um, well, before we sign off, uh, listener Jason Tate, uh, he's got his two cents in on the uh, thing. His favorite is Headmasters, even though the combining is a close second. He dislikes mini cons who activate features. Mini cons on their own are fine, but he just dislikes the ones that activate features. Uh, he Headmasters win because you have an interactive play pattern where the alt modes and bases can now be used with the smaller figures. It gives the bots a sense of scale like they are truly giant robots. And I, I, I totally agree with that. Um, again, I want to, I want to uh, thank everybody for listening. Uh, we've went uh, two and a half hours tonight on a huge topic. There's a lot more we could talk about. Um, but we want to hear what your favorites and least favorite gimmicks are. Uh, let's talk about them on Twitter. Tweet us at TFYLP. What are your favorite and least favorite gimmicks in Transformers? Uh, we may mention them again here on the show. Uh, check out uh, Play With This 2's uh, Twitter account at Play With This 2. Um, uh, yesterday, uh, there was a picture posted of Jet Strike. Uh, I uh, apologize, we didn't get to this sooner. But uh, Jet Strike was, uh, the prototype was uh, unveiled and uh, or the renders and it looks really really awesome we'll talk about that uh, in an upcoming episode if not uh, next episode uh, very very soon but uh, guys uh, y'all have anything left that is really uh, pressing g2 is awesome sorry yeah g2 uh, g2 blinds people uh <laughs> that's the point <laughs> No, no. Actually, if you want to go worse than G two, uh, get Great Goldoran and send him in the sun. No, there's nothing wrong with Great Goldoran. There is nothing no. wrong with it. No, I'm talking about I'm talking no, about no, sheer blinding you. Worse, you go for those two. Uh, what was it? The Optimus and Bumblebee that's coming out as uh, the My Little Ponies. Oh, don't worry. Oh, what? <laughs> no. Oh, why no, do you no. tell us things like this? Seriously. No, no. <laughs> No, Hasbro just made those to celebrate Friendship Day. They're not actually because it's all magic, right? Friendship Day, I would have for you. Uh, yeah, I had yeah. to bring that up. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, on, you know you want to stockpile those. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, I think that'll wrap it up for this episode. Uh, don't forget uh, September fourth. Mark your calendars. We'll have uh, the incomparable Paul Eiding on the show, uh, voice of Generation One's Perceptor, uh, Najika, I believe, uh, in uh, um, the face of Najika in Generation One. He's the voice of uh, uh, Grandpa Max and Ben Ten, uh, Colonel Campbell in the Metal Gear Solid series, uh, as well as he was uh, Ambassador Loquel in the episode of uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation. Uh, entitled Liaisons. Uh, check that out. He, uh, he was really awesome. Uh, it'll be great to have him on the show. If you're a, a listener of the audio version of this show, he does the voiceover. He truly is. Uh, the, the Perceptor in the intro for this show actually is Perceptor. It's, it's Paul Lighting. And, and I, uh, he, he voices our outro as well. And I perceive this will be a great show. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think I think it will be a great show. Uh, next week uh, it'll be our other cast uh, headed up by Michael Swift, aka Sideburn Two. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what what we'll be going to, going to be covering uh, that particular uh, episode. Uh, so watch our uh, Facebook group and our Twitter feed uh, for information on that, as well as uh, subscribe to us on YouTube and on uh, uh, iTunes uh, and tell us how you feel about the show. Uh, tell us how you like about it, uh, what you don't like about it. We'll, uh, we'll take those things to heart and kind of, kind of adapt and, and see, uh, see where it goes. Uh, also, uh, I will not be here next week, obviously, because um, we've kind of gone to a, a, a split screw, uh, split crew schedule. So uh, it'll be hosted by Cyburn two. But I may drop in because I will actually be at TF Expo in Wichita, Kansas. Uh, if you listened to the episode last week uh, with uh, Phil Searle, um, find, out, uh, find that out. Listen to episode 162. It's a great listen. Uh, he tells you all you need to know about uh, uh, TF Expo coming up next weekend. Um, really excited to see that. Uh, I really want to try to get uh, Mr. Gilvazan, uh, voice of G1 Bumblebee. I'd like to sit down and talk with him, as well as Buzz Dixon and Matt Frank, uh, who are going to be in attendance there. Uh, if I can try to get something for uh, TFYLP recorded, that would be great. Um, uh, so uh, we'll, we'll see. Um, but uh, if you're attending that show, look me up. I'll be at the Capture Prey booth most of the time, I'm sure. Uh, and... Uh, uh, stop by and say hi and let me know what you think of the show well guys we'll see you next time on Transformers for your listening pleasure I am Deron Land aka Weird Wolf uh, with Headmaster Don Jim Black Hang Up Chan and Plasticon and uh, the recently uh, logged off uh, Rick Alvarez because his uh, his laptop battery died uh, well we, we do go long that's what <laughs> um, she said Yes, go long. Uh, go long or go home. Hey, it's almost football season, so we go long. So, uh, guys, we'll see you next time on Transformers for Listening Pleasure. Thanks for listening. Take care, everybody. Don't see forget ya. to watch Beast Machine. See you, guys. This has been Transformers for your listening pleasure, a presentation of TFTalk.net. We'd like to thank you for listening and ask that you please rate us on your favorite podcast outlet and share us with your friends. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at TFYLP. Email us at podcast at TFYLP.com. This is Paul Lighting, and on behalf of TFYLP, we'd like to thank you again for listening. And we hope you'll join us next time for another... T-F-Y-L-P. Ha <laughs> ha!